Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Clear Skies, our Star Trek Adventures live play here with the Stream Punks. Uh, obviously, it's a very special night tonight because I am here. And hello, everybody. It's good to see you all. Um, I'm happy to be back uh, from last Monday. It's been a week since you last saw me. I understand how that could be troubling, but here I am again, and hello. <laughs> um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, Bit a big welcome to our good friend Amy Dallin, who we have wanted to be playing Star Trek with for quite a while. And Amy is juggling like every time I talk to her, she's juggling like thirty knives, and it's trying to like find a, a plate in her schedule. So we got we got uh, we got a space. So I'm very excited tonight to to have a bit of a Star Trek reunion. Uh, so hi, Amy. How's it going? Hi, um, I'm so glad to be here. And also a belated big, big thank you to all of you who showed up to support last summer, which was technically the promise that I uh, took a, a year to fulfill. But I'm so glad to be here and would have been anyway. But I'm extra glad because y'all were amazing and funded uh, the stream punks. So. Yay. Uh, so let's jump into our announcements. Um, let's see, what announcements do I have this evening? Only pers The only announcement I have, of course, is Ryan and everybody who are interested in seeing the pure madness that is the Gax Pack, which takes place on Sundays over at Gary Con Live, which is Luke Gygax's channel. Uh, Jason Charles Miller runs that game. We have B. Dave Walters. Aliza just joined our party, so it has gotten even more chaotic. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she, she put her scary face on uh, last game, and it was really it was really funny watching her intimidate the hell out of Zorn. So definitely check it out. Because um, if, if you know anything about D&D, Zorn are mouths with, with a body. And she scared them. So that's, yeah. Please put her scary face on. Um, so yeah, uh, that's 1 to 4 p.m. on Gary Khan Live. So definitely check that out. So that's the only announcement I've got tonight. What else does anybody have? Anybody else have any announcements? Of course. Yes, Sander. Yay. Well, I have my regular schedule up on my Twitter. I've got storytelling almost every night of the week. But I did want to make a tiny announcement because I can't say too much about it yet because not a lot has come out yet. But okay. keep your calendars clear for August 27th because it's the premiere of a new Power Rangers live play show. Right. And I can say that I am a part of it as a ranger. That's Renegade, right? Renegade's it doing is, that? It'll be on the official Renegade's uh, Twitch channel. That's awesome. The people that are heading Renegade, like Elisa, they're all friends of the stream punks. It's going to be yes. super rad to see that. I cannot wait to see it. Yay. Uh, cool. Uh, and this, the other thing is that also dealing with Renegade, uh, that LA by night, not only are we finished uh, filming season five, but we're going to be making an appearance at Gen Con this year. Uh, so keep an eye out on the Gen Con website to uh, get tickets to the live event. And also, I believe Bonnie and I will be there in some capacity for Dungeon Master. So those tickets are also available for uh, pre-order, I think, on the Gen Con website. So check all that out. Very exciting. Yeah, we might Yay. be doing a Library Birds concert. We'll, we'll see how the scheduling permits. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Dang. Y'all got some good announcements tonight. Right? Anybody else have any announcements? For the yes. Why did I? Yes. <laughs> uh, moving from that, um, I don't know if it's going to get canceled or not, considering the numbers. But uh, at the end of this month, 28th, 29th, is Louisiana Comic Con. <laughs> uh, right. And <laughs> so yeah. if you are a brave soul who will venture forth into the Petri dish, come and see me. Oh, God. Or just, you know what? Actually, just. Don't I, don't, I shouldn't say that because it's your, Hey, look, you're playing the doctor there. of the ship. It makes but, sense that you crack um, a joke like that. I will be, uh, I will be there. 
Unless they cancel it, which is also a possibility. I haven't heard anything yet, but uh, who knows what the state will do. Also, just keep a track on my socials because I'm... I have some music coming out and it's just taking forever to get the videos back. And as soon as they get back, I will post them and they're going to be amazing and some original songs and all kinds of things. So Yay. Keep, keep your ears and eyes peepers open. All right. Very right, good. Very good. Does anybody else have any announcements this evening that they want to, anything that they're doing? I know you can find Amy over at D&D Live. Uh, what days can, can people D &D find you over at D&D Live? Yeah. D&D Live you is can... the thing I was, yes, D&D Live. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but you, I'm just generally haunting the spirit of D&D &D things, whether or not I was invited. That's just what I do now. Um, no, I am uh, over at Phantom Tabletop, which comprises D&D &D Beyond and uh, the Cortex family. So I'm doing a brand new Dragon Prince RPG right now, which is oh. really, really fun uh, in that with Eliza. Uh, and over on D&D &D Beyond, we have streams most uh, mostly Tuesdays and Thursdays. But uh, if you please pay attention to our socials this week, we have some very exciting stuff coming up. Uh, to celebrate the anniversary of D&D Beyond. So. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Well, Sam's going to be jumping in, so we're not going to get the customary... Amy <laughs> Dallin is here. I'm playing games with Amy Dallin tonight. I'm playing games with my crew. We split the party real bad. We're going against all the rules, and you know what we're doing with Amy freaking Dallin. <laughs> you're not excited, then you... I just... Get out. Get out. I don't want you. I'm here. I'm excited. Let's go to space. <laughs> I just I tap one Amy Dallin and summon Sam Delev. Um, with that, let's jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. That was funny. Okay, uh, so welcome back. We're assuming we still have a TD because I guess a dog attacked Jake while we were coming back to live. Uh, I'm assuming Jake is still there. Um, there. I don't think there will ever be a time where if there's a production issue right before we go live, I don't point at it for all the audience to see. I just, like, I know I'm just, I'm, I'm chaos and I apologize. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the quick recap because there's a lot going on right now with the crew of the USS Ross. The captain of the USS Ross has decided to go hunt their white whale. Or it's probably more accurate to actually call this the Hydra, because every time 
Azarisal has managed to cut the head off of the Orion Crime Syndicate. It appears that two heads have grown back. Well, the Dominion War and the finale of that whole horrible galactic event certainly put a dent in the Orion Crime Syndicate ability to function, not just because the Federation skillfully cracked down on it with Starfleet intelligence, ending a lot of the illegal trade that was happening and all of the other criminal activities, but the Orion Crime Syndicate tried to roll hard six and failed. They got involved with the Dominion and Changelings infiltrated the, Grimes, the Crime Syndicate. And when it all came tumbling down, the warlords and bosses inside the Crime Syndicate turned on each other like a bunch of sharks with blood in the water. And when it all cleared, there was barely a syndicate left to think of, to speak of. With that was sort of the origin of what brought Azri Sol out of Starfleet Intelligence and how Captain Azri Sol got their first center chair. And the past has come back yet again after getting a mysterious message from Taraz when you were actually messaging Taraz on something on a subject that's completely different. Taraz came back and said, Sul, it's Taraz. The syndicate is back. I don't think it was ever gone, and I have proof. That has set a lot of things into motion. After capturing that pirate ship uh, a few weeks back, you have all created a plan that you've had to initiate because your admiral at your starbase Admiral Tagus Kor, she has pulled the USS Ross off of the investigatory like duties that the Ross was doing ever since she left the Shackleton Expanse and has instead been implementing you as the diplomatic flagship of the Federation, which you are. Locked into duty, you were no longer allowed to follow up on all the dangerous leads you had uncovered in your investigations. And so there are things that are just lingering out there that the Ross has not been confident is being solved without them. And justly so. The Federation right now is completely tied up in war reparation negotiations with the Dominion and the Romulan Star Empire and the Klingon Empire. And what is now becoming a budding Cardassian civil government. The Ross has just completed two weeks of grueling negotiations with a guest who not everybody liked too much. A Vorda that not everyone was too big of a fan of. Where that brings us to now, the events that were threatened in the last episode have now taken place. Nodrin Lavorda has indeed departed the USS Ross, having been given a shuttle and an escort back to his ship, and he has indeed left Ilkat Itlan the first Jim Hadar who disobeyed him, he has marooned him here on the USS Ross. Now the crew of the Ross, obviously everyone, I don't think maybe save Yuri Prawl, everyone is a fan of this Jim Hadar for sticking it to this Vorta twice. Um, the first Vorta clone, now the second one. However, this Vorta is a ticking time bomb. There is no ready supply of Kitrasel White. He is on the clock, and so is everyone else that has decided to take a risk and stay near him. Jim Hadar, who did not receive a regular supply of Kitrasel White, are ticking time bombs, and they will become murderous weapons against everything around them if they are not given Kitrasel White. Which brings us to the crux of today's episode. 
because not only has Captain Sull and a select volunteer group of crew decided to go on an unsanctioned secret mission into neutral territory to root out what's left of the Orion Crime Syndicate, you have decided that Ilkat Itlan will come with you. Because if there's anybody who's probably got their hands in illegal materials such as Kittercell White, it's probably what's left of the Orion Crime Syndicate. Y'all have gone way off the map. You're no longer under the protection of the Federation now. You're officers still, and you'll be expected to conduct yourselves at least within the principles of the Federation, for sure. But the old saying is living outside the law is you no longer have the protection of it. You guys are off the map. And the, the territory you're going into, Saul is familiar, familiar with it. Lacat has seen it. And the rest of you don't know what you're in for. Luckily, somebody who's experienced has helped you out. Now, to pick us up to where we, how you guys are underway. This is a piece of information this crew has not yet received. So let me fill you in on how it is, because we've decided what we're going to do so we can get to the meat of the action. You have managed to commandeer the ship that was impounded by Starfleet. Uh, <laughs> Nian Jal's ship was still impounded by Starfleet Command. However, it was not at the Starbase like you expected. In fact, it was in a shipyard. Um, a shipyard with a bunch of other derelict ships that were either waiting to be scrapped or were being used in evidence in, in, in uh, intergalactic courts, that kind of thing. Think of it as the junkyard that's in holding. It's easy enough for Captain Azri Sol to fly up to a shipyard and be like, hello, I would like the location of this ship, please. Yes, I am the captain of the USS Ross. And the lieutenant on duty said, yes, captain, here's the coordinates. Because <laughs> captain's going to capt. And that lieutenant, it's not their place to ask the captain, why would you need coordinates for this random vessel? However, it is noted that lieutenant did log, as per Starfleet regulation, that the Ross came around asking about this ship. You all beamed on board the vessel, and with Vryn's help, you managed to get the ship back online. Now, Vryn is not coming with you, but it was a problem because when you all showed up, what you discovered was Starfleet bricked this vessel. The databases had been completely wiped. There was no navigational data at all. This ship couldn't fly unless you all knew how to read star charts with your eyes, <laughs> like in front of you and just take a guess. So you had to up, you had to uplink to, to the USS Ross, download up-to-date navigational charts, and then tech had to get the warp core back online and under power. And with that, in about 30 minutes of beaming on board, y'all zipped away at maximum warp, leaving the USS Ross and your first officer, Exio, in command of the Ross. The first time that a starship of this size has been, uh, command has been handed over, with the exception of the incident that happened, of course, aboard Voyager. Um, that being said, in order to complete the theft of this starship, the, the borrowing of this starship, the registry numbers and the codes had to be forged and changed, and Vren helped with that. My friends, you are flying the goose. Vren apparently didn't really run that past everybody and uh, 
you are flying the goose, a twice stolen Cardassian modified freighter. The shuttle now, pods are ganders. I'm done. <laughs> your destination is the world of Farius Prime or Farius Prime. Farius Prime is a neutral world and it used to be one of the hot spots for the Orion Crime Syndicate. And apparently, according to Taraz, is still one of the junction points where trade and illegal negotiations are happening. And Taraz has uh, agreed to meet you there. Sitting at the helm is Jane LeCat. And Jane, this is, being at the helm of a Cardassian vessel is a lot like getting a new pair of glasses you can see better, sure, but you need to get used to them a little bit. It, it just takes a little getting used to. This all looks familiar, and you can read the technical readouts easily enough. But it's different than sitting at the console of the USS Ross, to say the least. Not to mention, there's no real science station. You just have basic sensors on this thing right at the helm station. Um, the bridge is very compact. There's the center chair, there's a couple of side stations, and that's it. All in all, I would say, <laughs> for reference, that the entirety space of the bridge of this vessel is probably about half the size of our Shield of Tomorrow set. So kind of compact. Um, everyone's pretty close to each other. That's a good mental image for us alone. Us. Yeah. <laughs> for you, the viewers at home, I would say the, the, the bridge is about 15 by 20 feet. So it's a pretty small bridge. Yes. Um, we're it's about only arms. got about, and the ship itself only has three decks. It's a scale three vessel. Oh, Pretty cool. fast though. And, and still, by the way, if you look at the character sheet, you will see that it has a unique ship trait. For two power, you can initiate a polarization of the hull, making you completely immune to tractor beams. Oh. They cannot Ooh. grab you. you That's good to know. Um, yeah. Okay, the so then. Ever, in that case, how far out are we? Um, you guys are about, I'm going to say, you know what? Let's, let's I'm going to actually do something I don't normally do. I'm going to roll a die to see how many hours out you are. Okay. Also, Excited. while that's happening, uh, we get this yeah. close up on LaCat at the console. What is LaCat wearing? Oh. Yeah, let's get a description wearing? of everyone's character. Oh my God. Um, okay, we're going into. Well, I would have gotten the captain's approval of this first because <laughs> that, like, I definitely want to make okay. sure that this like falls in line with uh, their vision, I suppose, for 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 this mission. Um, but I think that like Cat would go back to. Um, I mean, some of us chose to like specifically like undergo plastic surgery, and Lacat didn't do that because I think that like she feels like being a Cardassian in the space and driving a Cardassian vessel, piloting a Cardassian vessel, good idea. She's gonna go old Cardassian military, mm. um, like a Glenn outfit, basically. Um, yeah. And so I would say that only if the captain was okay with it though. That is in fact, perfect. So, and, and just to give you some player yeah. information, mm -hmm. you guys have become aware of the Cardassian uh, zealot-like sect known as the True Way, who is trying to, who, who, who believes in the superior mandate of the Cardassian people and still believes itself to be allied 
with the Dominion, despite the incredible atrocities committed against the Cardassian people. They still consider themselves part of the Dominion and are still militaristic. They are the only ones wearing the uniform that you are now wearing, Lacat. So, uh, because the Cardassian military has been completely dismantled and is being restructured for into a defense force now. So, you are just so that'll give you some that'll give you some context of the of the cost of the, the the armor that you're wearing. Do we know anything else about the True Way? Only that the person that apparently is in charge of the True Way is mm. a legate named Null Vomek. His name has been coming up a lot lately. Every time you guys have been investigating the appearance of Polaron weapons, this the whole subspace thing that you are investigating on back on board the Ross with Dr. Mm-hmm. Yada, um, that that all ties into this this legate. Okay. Which, by the way, Legate is kind of the Cardassian title for Admiral. Yeah. Gull is Captain, Legate is kind of like an Admiral or a General. And I think that Glynn is like Lois, like Lieutenant. I, I think guess. so. I'd have to refresh yeah. my memory. Um, I think that's correct. But, okay, great. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jane well, is in Cardassian military. And just for an overview, that's like a, it's like really sturdy, dark material. Um, mm-hmm. it's from a, uh, but it's also, I would say like meant to be able to like keep you cool and like well insulated because that's, you know, what actually like. write Ravity, write this down. Okay. Give yourself, uh, give yourself plus two resistance yeah. on your character sheet. Okay. Cause Cardassian, oh, so- Cardassian armors is like, is almost, it's Cardassian armor is hardier than Klingon armor. Hell Klingon yeah. Wears thick body plated, like thick leathered body plates. Cardassian's wear like full on like breastplate across their body. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, and sometimes sleeveless. And so we're gonna say mm-hmm. we're sleeveless right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to point out too, story-wise, we did find out that Nalvomek was the one that had bought the torpedo, mm-hmm. uh, which was tied to the syndicate. So that's why right. it was all mm-hmm. connected. It's all interconnected. Volnomek Vol- is suspected to having dealings with the crime syndicate. Perfect. Um, yes. So yeah, so we have someone who might look the role of someone connected to such thing as mm-hmm. we investigate. So indeed, perfect. Saul Saul would have requested a particular commission from a particular tailor for this project. Yeah. Okay. They're um, tired of the cat suit. They're looking for... From a particular tailor? Is there any other kind? Okay. Oh, man. So there's no way. Liv, can we can we just for a second before we jump in, can we role play that? <laughs> you know what? Sure. Um, so it's late. We'll say it's late in the evening on board the USS Ross. This is before you've managed to get the goose, before you all have taken off. And you're on a secure channel right now with said Taylor. There's a curious smile on his face. And he just says, if I didn't know any better, Captain, I might say you're doing something naughty. Fortunately, you know better and that Federation officers never do such things. You just see this approving grin stretch across Ellen Garrick's face. And he says, I think I might be able to give you exactly what you're looking for. If anyone could. 
I'm just so glad that with everything you're doing now, you are true to your roots as a simple tailor. Let's just say I'm good at identifying when people are doing what's right for the greater good. I have a long track history of people making questionable decisions that ultimately save lives. I believe that you are one of those people, Captain. You couldn't be more wrong. I'm a simple Federation captain. And who doesn't appreciate simplicity? What we'll do you be- look like? Yes. Wait, before uh, he hangs up, you hear, now come back to bed, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just see a shirtless Julian Bashir lean over and oh, go turn it off okay. and just de- deactivates. <laughs> Cost half the season budget, but it was worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yeah, continue. Sorry. What do you think? Is- your- tired of the cat suit. It's not that they object to it on aesthetics. It's merely that they've done it so many times and the lacing takes hours. So this is still recognizably Orion in fashion as if the Orion were influenced by Dominion and Cardassian looks. So it is overall a touch more conservative, but it is also sending a message on a particular aesthetic frequency. It's a power suit. You've got on something that looks like it is got, it's form fitting as hell, but it's also got utility and combat application. Okay. Form and function. In which case, if it's going to look like that, it is going to have, uh, uh, the, the coloration is going to be the dark lavenders and purples and uh, intermixed with some, like, green trim. Man knows a color palette. How about you, Doctor? Okay, well, so Dr. McCrell, having not been able to actually uh, feel the glory of battle in her um, outfit that she wore to the martial arts tournament, gets to wear it now. Uh, So it is, it's like a light armor, um, you know, kind of like a, a leather armor type thing, but it is um, uh, almost Kazinti in nature. And she feels like this will be a good, you know, thing to wear in mm-hmm. the underground. Uh, and also Kazintis are known for their very uh, unkept fur. So all of her fur is like up in tufts and like just kind of wild, not kept or brushed at all. Just, um, she looks she looks almost feral and, uh, and she didn't undergo full surgery like Chief Tech did for some reason. Uh, <laughs> but instead, uh, she does have, she she has um, surgically placed a scar running down her face okay. uh, with an eye patch just to make her look, because she's tiny. So she wants to look a little bit more menacing. Uh, and also if, you know, something slips where someone calls her a doctor or something, she, you know, she's not, she's not gonna give off the appearance of your typical doc. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, and and do please. I'm so excited. Tell me what Chief Tech looks like right now. Or, or don't move. Stay very still. Connection. Oh. oh. Stay wait. Very, we very lost still. connection. Hold on. We oh, missed all of that. You're doing so good. Oh. I appreciate that you were embodying the Andorian by freezing. 
We both lost um, connection because, you know, most network. people don't know this, but we're on the same connection. <laughs> um, yes. So normally, Bolian Chief Teclanadas would be aboard. Well, he wouldn't be here normally, but this sort of was his idea. And so he felt a, a guilt and the need to come along to protect <laughs> what was happening. And then preemptively got some cosmetic surgery, knowing he would have to go into the Orion Syndicate and maybe that Bolian face wouldn't fit in. So after doing some research with Ensign Dari, uh, it, Tech is now wearing like a traditional Andorian mining outfit <laughs> because that's like the history lesson that he quickly got, um, but it has been sort of modified into like a tactical vest. Uh, it's some sort of like blue leather type material that was synthesized out of a replicator. So it has the appearance of maybe being ragged, but still brand new. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, he definitely has more of an angled, chiseled face, two stalks, uh, and a lighter blue skin tone with some manufactured light scarring and tough uh, skin. Okay. And a tuft of white hair. Yeah, which anybody who looks at tech every now and then, you have to sort of double take. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and and Dorian aside, Dorian inside, seeing, seeing tech with hair is kind of like, wow. <laughs> that is definitely new. Um, and his and, voice uh, got a little modified. Yeah, and your well. voice. <laughs> and not sitting between, stand, rather, I should say, standing between you, Chief Tech, and the captain who's in center chair is a seven and a half foot tall, stoic looking Jim Hadar in full combat regalia. He is wearing the plated shoulders, like he's got the pauldrons on that are really sleek and narrow. They are not extravagant at all. And he from i mean he doesn't he doesn't have any weapons on him those were all taken when the uh the the vorta left however you were all very aware by now that there is no such thing as an unarmed jim hadar he is a walking weapon yeah. and as a quick reminder to everybody and and just like as a side note to amy because we actually never really encountered jim hadar except for that one time in the holodeck when everything went to hell um jim hadar they hit as lethal weapons with their bare hands. And he just stands there stoically. Um, hasn't said much, doesn't move. Y'all are two hours out, according to the die roll. I forget the limitations of just having one warp engine. <laughs> I'm told it'll be fast under impulse. You know, you get away to the warp, and then once you're in warp. Well, I, I'm trying to bolster what I can of the shields of this thing, but uh, I have a feeling we won't need that too much. What's the plan going in? Oh, yes. Now, uh, for those who haven't been on intelligence missions, plans are at best a loose concept. Oh. We're going to get there. We're going to connect with Tiraz. I look at a data pad I've been holding. I look back up. We're going to find out what information he has about these activities. And then we go from there because that's all we know right now. Run and gun it. No more gunning than strictly necessary. I know we don't look like Starfleet officers right now, but I assure you, 
we are with exceptions. I don't do this, but in my mind, McCarl's going, I got my guns right here. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't do that. Just the arms just move just a little bit like she's me. thinking yeah. about like, it. McCarl starts to think about it and he's like, no. <laughs> um, I'm actually, always armed. <laughs> Uh, Macrell, while Jane is uh, piloting, could you maybe go ahead and scan uh, from the ship? I'll try to power as much of the sensors as I can, but as we get closer... I think yes. that we should consider using those um, polarizing holes once we get closer as well, just to make sure that we ward off any unwanted tractor beams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep those... Uh, Go ahead and make your sensors check then, Macrell. Oh, great. <laughs> Just what I've always trained for. As you move over to the Cardassian console, you see these brilliant like oranges and yellows and greens in front of you. And it's kind of, it's it's a little off-putting, but you also see that for, an, for kind of an outdated vessel, it has decent sensors. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like the Ross though. Mm. No, it's have, not. Because remember, you guys got deep space <laughs> sensor. You had we that did. Huge, Sweet upgraded suite attached to the USS Ross after your first tour in the Shackleton Expanse. Oh boy, oh yeah. boy, you don't have that. As you're looking at the same <laughs> in front of you, McCrell, you're like, ah, I could look out the window and probably get the same reading. Um, okay, so control con. Yeah, it's no, no, it's uh, this is oh, it's been a hot minute. Um, this is going to be uh, your. Uh, no, this would be reason science. And oh, then, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can roll for the goose. Yeah, roll for the goose. But that would be sensors mm-hmm. science? Mm-hmm. Difficulty is zero. Wonderful. I got one success. Okay. And mm-hmm. not a complication. 19 is not a complication quite yet, right? No, I, great. No, one success. Okay, and the one goose success. gives one. The goose gives you a success. Get two momentum, everybody. Uh-huh. Okay. Ooh. Honk, honk. Uh, McCrell, yes, you detect a ship on long-range sensors. There is a Federation starship, uh, Intrepid class, that's in system right now. Captain, I detect a Starfleet ship in long, long scanner. You got it. Distance. <laughs> Basically, everything that the voice in my head that sounded like Eric said, I am telling uh-huh. you. This is happening. Um, <laughs> Captain. Interesting. Are they in system? Do, no, are they in system? In, they're in sector. They're in the same sector as you um, Long at long range. It's the USS Sagan. Do we know? Oh. Interesting. Well, the sector is of interest, but the sector is 20 light years. They are not even, they're, they're literally, it's the only thing of note on long range sensors. They are not going in your direction. It looks like they're on the outs- outskirts of the sector itself. Who, know, who knows why they're here? If but. by some random chance they decide to hail us, Captain, may I suggest communication off screen? <laughs> I or think if-, if you do visuals, just make sure yeah just put tech and chief tech is the captain yeah we don't have gina here so we're gonna have to you know what soul wears off their ship shift is no 
business of the captain of the Sagan, quite frankly. Very true. If they hail us, we will figure it out then, but we're an inconspicuous little vessel that's remaining inconspicuous, Lieutenant. Absolutely. Good Perfect. Fly casual. Fly casual. <laughs> um, As our chief is an expert, extremely <laughs> casual. Okay. Unless unless you all have anything else you specifically would like to do, mm. um, I, if you guys want, and if you have the rationale for it, we can make another roll if you want to check for something to try to generate momentum. Otherwise, we can skip ahead to the arrival at I uh, Prime. should at least very quickly establish the chain of command with first El Catatlan. Mm. Ah, yes, you should probably have that conversation with Ilkat Itlan. He has been very stoic, just standing there and observing all of you. Do you have a moment? I set down my data pad and look to him. Could we speak away from the bridge for a moment? He just gives you a nod. Excellent. Are, are we go sure like six a... feet away. Uh, yeah, okay. Because this ship is small. <laughs> yeah. This is a signal of, you know, Captain, not... does, there is a ready room in here. It is about half the size of your ready room on the Ross, but it is a room big enough with navigational charts and a desk. But small enough to have the sight gag of the tall mm -hmm. trying to fit in the chair. Yes, uh, yeah. the, the narratively ideal size. Ilkatatlan, you are on this mission, but I would not presume to call you Starfleet. Therefore, we should suggest, we should discuss how we interface together on this mission. He stares at you. He doesn't reply. You are first. You understand the importance of having a single chain of command. I do. I will be the first of this mission. He's Not standing. because I presume position <laughs> over you, mm -hmm. but because these are my people. I am responsible for them as any first is. Do you say this to ensure that you know that I know this, Captain? Or is this self-assurance? I say this because you are a genuinely impressive warrior and officer, and although you would be well suited to leadership in your own right, and it would be an honor to have you at my right hand, nonetheless, there is a pre-existing chain of command that I have an obligation to honor. It would have been reasonable to assume any position of yours and so I felt the need to clarify that it is not because I am trying to seize power out of proportion to my standing or to do so on behalf of my crew, but rather so that this goes as successfully as possible. He nods and says, I should be equally honest with you then, Captain. I am here under orders of the Founders. My life belongs to them. It is by their will that I must survive in order to make it back 
and to report what has happened here. Those were the objectives given to me personally by the founder, Odo. Therefore, I will do whatever is required to survive this mission. That is my victory protocol. If that means slaughtering anyone who endangers you so that I may return to the vessel, that is what I will do. If it means leaving you to ensure that I can return to the vessel, that is what I will do. I understand and will therefore do my utmost to ensure that no orders I give put you in undue risk of life. He nods. Be aware, Captain. I know you have brought me with you because of the issues we now face regarding my supply of Kittresel White. That too factors into my decisions. And that too has played a role in why, for now, you have my loyalties. You have risked yourself for me. Founder Odo has spoken to us about this curious behavior that the Federation and other species of this quadrant engage in. And while I do not fully understand them, I do find them to be noble. Perhaps this is an opportunity for me to explore them, these behaviors. And I will endeavor to personify them to my utmost that you might properly learn of them. All right, as, as you nod to him, you, I mean, there you are, Captain, you apparently have your own T-800 at your disposal. Um, as you step back out onto the bridge, Ilkot Itlon follows after you and once again, just takes position to your left uh, on the bridge as the silence befalls the bridge once more. Um, Who's at communications? Uh, technically that's also Jane. Yeah. I helmet. thought it would be, but I didn't want mm -hmm. to presume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will pick up that uh, data pad and say, I have a message to send. Uh, here are the codes. I need you to send. Are you still here for nefarious purposes? She'll know. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, and you tell me exactly who I'm sending that to. I... We'll give you the codes. Yes. Um, great. Uh, Jane definitely raises an eyebrow at that, but is like, you know what? I want to see where this is going. Um, and so uh, she, you know, does the thing that Ren usually does, and she's kind of like being like this is weird that the captain trusts the Ren to do this so much <laughs> i trust him a pilot but communication yeah um so she takes the message are you still here for nefar nefarious purposes and um 
inputs those coordinates and is ready to send that off if it looks like it's a clear signal. Yeah. Does it does it like does it look like a clear signal? I mean, it's the uh, cat probably doesn't even know this, but it's actually a code within a code. It's a it's a coded message with a code word, basically. Oh. So um, what you get is you have complete communications with uh, mm -hmm. Farius Prime from where you are right now. So okay, great. it's easy enough to send. And somewhere on Farius Prime, a woman receives an old encoded message uh, and is signaled. There is a, attached to the signal is a lot of, we'll say a, a, essentially Think of it like sending a code and it triggering an entire computer algorithm of meeting spots, who it is, and uh, the the whole come alone, recontact, everything. It just kind of gives, it's, it's an old protocol from an old friend that gets sent. And uh, the question I have for you, Amy, is do you send back immediate acknowledgement? You are muted. <laughs> I forgot I was muted. Uh, no. Sorry. Um, there is there is a pause. Um, okay. It is about fifteen minutes uh, before uh, the 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 return message comes back. Um, the return message is like uh, is is uh, dinner at eight. I think you have dinner plans, Captain. In a while, RSVP. <laughs> we'll be there. We're even dressed apart. I will not have to bring a bag of the dogs for Chief Tech. No, my tongue feels weird in this body. That's right. You don't have a cartilaginous tongue, do you? You're just kind of like, oh yeah. I never did anyway. <laughs> okay. With that, you all press on. The two-hour window closes, and you all receive notification from the computer, the alert going off that you have entered the Farius system. Um, coming out of warp at Farius Prime. By the way, Farius Prime, for those of you who don't know, is actually a world that appears in DS9. This is the world that Chief O'Brien was sent to when he was undercover oh, during his investigation yeah. of the Orion Crime Syndicate. This is a neutral that's world. That's what I'm picturing. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly the world that we're going to. This used to be a hotbed of activity for the Orion Crime Syndicate. It's kind of like, if you can picture it, think of it as sort of like a dark what, what, the, the visuals that i saw i was like this kind of reminds me of like like i don't know like cyberpunk star trek cyberpunk vegas is kind of what it looked like everything's yeah, a little dark lots cool. of it's neon cool. lights everywhere people classily dressed but there's also lots of really shady activity going on klingons do have an embassy on this planet by the way uh so keep that in mind and curiously enough, according to the wiki, it is not specified where the hell this planet is on the galactic map. It is where the narrative wants it to be. So after traveling all of this way, you all come out of warp and enter into the system. About 30 minutes later, you come upon uh, Farius Prime. 
Uh, Farius Prime looks like it has a lot of activity coming and going. It's clear from the moment you guys enter orbit, no one's going to question you, why you're here, who you are. This is the Moss Eisley of Star Trek. You have just shown up at this place where it looks like a lot of stuff is taking place everywhere all at once. No one wants to know what you're doing here. Um, however, in order to get into a low orbit, you are having it to either wait or you can uh, station yourselves outside of low orbit with somebody at the helm. Uh, otherwise, you have to go through the painful process of waiting for a quote-unquote space parking spot to keep the uh, the windows open for people who are coming and going because of how uh, how busy this world is. I will tell you this, Sol. The last time you were on this world, it was all but empty. It was just the people planet side with a couple of shady ships coming and going. As you are approaching now, oh boy, this place has become a hotspot. It's active. That could either be because it's a criminal hotspot or... It could be because the syndicate really doesn't have that strong of a presence anymore. An opportunity popped up after the war. Um, immediately, by the way, I'm sorry to say, but Jane, your console starts receiving hundreds of hails. All of them registering as automated messages from restaurants, from uh, from like merchant stands, from I, I mean, it's literally like showing up to a website that you thought was safe and just getting bombarded by ads. You just see the computer is registering hundreds of hails to the ship's console all at once. Oh, I didn't miss this. <laughs> Need let's let's uh get rid of all of this. Uh, I hate this. Um, I yeah, because oh, you're on wait, wait on that one. That jingle is familiar. <laughs> Yeah, you're just like <laughs> clicking through. Uh, you do hear quarks. We're now franchised, and you just click past it <laughs> and just keep cl click past, click past, click past. Um, it takes you a few moments to close all of them out and to close the channel. Uh, just so that it is said, uh, Tech has activated the polarized hull, uh, just in case there are any okay. tractor beams. So subtract two power mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. uh, the ship's power, and the entire ship starts to just radiate an ambient blue glow as the ship's hull becomes polarized. You now also, by the way, have res increased resistance damage to energy weapons. And we have a flex, which is really what is important here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. I... It's not that I actually have the standing on this planet to cut the line because obviously I do not. I'm a Starfleet officer impersonating a criminal, but in order to get anything done or to establish oneself as anything, I need to cut the line. So I would like to get in contact uh, with some flavor of traffic control and then I would like to make a roll. If I okay, might. go ahead. Get in, we'll say you guys hail traffic control. Got it for you, who, Captain. You don't know who they are on the other side of the line. They they sound grumbly. Yes. Well, I'm this sure it's a grumbly a sort of day. Unfortunately, I don't find myself caring. You're going to put me through. You're going to put me into a, a parking orbit now. And if you ask questions, then you are going to be the 
poor, sad son of a bitch who asked questions when they really ought not. Okay, roll presence command. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, this is going to be a roll off. Okay. I'm going to use the momentum. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, I feel like my intimidation focus works for that one. Yeah, probably. Okay, cool. You, you basically bring out the angry inner Orion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh boy. All three crit. Hell yeah. All three crit. It's like do. you're supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Anything to avoid space parking. Um, <laughs> right, like you I need my blue badge. <laughs> as intimidations, as an intimidating Orion would go, you would put Osiris to shame. So mm -hmm. you basically, with menace in your voice, demand that parking spot. There's a pause, and you hear, and then you, Jane, see coordinates pop up. And the channel cuts. Hmm. Still got it. I don't think you ever lost it, Captain. And Jane's gonna park right into that parking spot. You establish a high orbit and over Farius Prime. What What are the other ships looking like here? Um, They're from we, all over the place. Yeah, are we like the Corvette? In like, in the middle of a bunch of like Kia Souls, or are we? No, no, it's a huge <laughs> variety of vessels that are coming and okay. going through here. You do spot a Klingon vessel as well. Right. Um, it looks like an old Burrell bird of prey. Not unusual to spot that here, considering there is a Klingon embassy. And if it's a Burrell, then it's not. Burrell are kind of like the bottom of the line warships that have been cycled out. I mean, they don't even make them anymore. They were used as workhorses during the Dominion War to fill the ranks. But that's that's a seventy-year-old bird of prey at this point. So uh, nothing, nothing outwardly threatening aside from well, the Klingon vessel. But that's about it. Yeah, everything else looks like civilian ships. You are detecting that some of these ships do have armaments on them, but nothing, nothing over civilian ships traveling through uh, government space like the Federation are not allowed to carry torpedo weaponry on them. That's out. You can have phasers or energy weapons for defensive purposes, but you don't detect any artillery on here. No, nobody has any uh, How many other, um, if I, Jane can do a quick scan before we um, sure. depart, like uh, how many other Cardassian vessels are we seeing here? Uh... Uh, Cardassian made vessels? None. Yeah, none. Okay, great. None. Okay, that was her only question. Zero. Not popping up. She just wanted to do a quick look search. For yeah, that. center sweep does not reveal. I tell you what, why don't you make a roll for that? Yes. Okay, great. We'll, just to see if you generate momentum. Because yeah. the difficulty of a scan like that is zero. So. Yeah, did we get any off of uh, bullying that poor? Oh, you got four <laughs> successes? You got you got two, three crits. So you got six successes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, you got five momentum from that. Okay, <laughs> oh, we're we're that. <laughs> Copy that. Oh. And uh, whoever was on the other side of the comms has excused themselves to go to the bathroom now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Jane, if you want to, if you want to fill out that last bit of momentum, you can. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. What am I rolling? Um, so this is a reason science. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, it's kind of what you do, um, yeah. Xander. If you want to roll for the goose. Yes. Oh, oh, I just, I need, you probably can't see this, but I rolled a one 
and then I rolled a 20. <laughs> oh. oh, the duality. Best of... roll in the game. Yeah. <laughs> duality of man. I am right. going to bookmark that 20. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> I'm not going to yep. bank threat. I'm going to bookmark that 20. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, no okay. help from the goose on this time. Okay, so you'll gain one momentum then. So you are maxed out at six. Cool. Yes. All right. What are y'all doing? All right. Uh, we have coordinates for the rendezvous with Taras. Yep, you sure do. All right. Um, I'm down. I'm going to, uh, if if it's okay, I would like to spend two of the momentum, uh, and on Tech's person, his kit that he's bringing is a uh, beam pattern enhancer, so okay. that we will not get stuck on planet uh, while beaming down uh, by like any sort of scrambling or anything like that. We'll yeah, be able yeah. to escape. In Valheim, we call that the GTFO gate. So yeah, exactly. Basically pop out if you need to. The eject button, rip cord, sure. beam me okay, up. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's pretty smart thinking. Okay, so spin to spin to momentum and make it so. Like, you, uh, Tech basically spends those two hours designing a portable pattern enhancer where if shit hits the fan and you guys need to get out, get out of there, you can just pop out. It's in all the pockets of my tactical vest. Pretty smart, yeah. All right, we were a <laughs> little uh, overcapped, so I think that brings us to five. Copy. Okay, cool. All right, so you're at five momentum. You all beaming down now, heading down to the surface. Is the whole crew going? You can yes. certainly leave the ship unattended up here. It's not very likely anyone's ever going to, to mess with it. Oh, if flight control let someone steal my car right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the last mistake. Uh, yeah, so we are all beaming down. Okay, so easy enough security systems are activated. Um, and as you all beam down, automated shields, uh, the low frequency shields are raised aboard the ship to keep people from beaming on board. And that is that. You can autom you have the command codes to have it lowered and beamed back up whenever you want. I will say you lock you. the doors to the car, basically. Uh, yeah. As the the camera pans in on this amazing like cyberpunk city, we see the reflection in the street of the beam in. So we all look mm -hmm. cool and we're like walking in water. Motion. The camera's yeah. looking at a puddle of water as you all beam in, and the music starts up as you all. And appear. the neon lights, Ooh, <laughs> we look cool. Yeah, <laughs> Sandra's gonna be a director, y'all. Yeah, wait. I can you see wait. it. You just wait. Um, beaming into the alleyway that you all beam into. These are the exact coordinates Taraz said to meet him at. And as you all beam in, there is a... Taraz has always been a blunt instrument. He has always just been... A, if, if he was a sword, he would just be a dull chunk of iron at the end of a stick. He is a blunt instrument. There is no cloak and dagger. There is no nothing. When you beam down, you are immediately confronted by a very tall, dashingly handsome Orion former privateer who is seated on what looks like an empty crate of some kind. And it looks like he's picking at his fingers and he's having a conversation with the only creature you have ever met that stands a full head and a half taller than Ilkat Itlan. You see Slabaz standing just a few feet away from uh, from Taraz. And judging from the look of, of, of Taraz, 
he's having a very frustrated conversation and Slabaz is just as expressionless as a Gorn could ever be. It's like looking at a, like, a, imagine trying to read the, the expression on like a, a cross between a crocodile and a T-Rex and Slabaz is just standing there looking at him. And you see that sort of milky membrane just blink over the eyes, those big yellow reptilian eyes turn and look at all of you. And there's a beat when Taraz turns and looks at all of you. And as he makes eye contact with you, Saul, you see his eyes flicker, immediately sense the danger. He leaps up and throws his coat back where you see some kind of disruptor on his hip. And Slabaz reaches behind him. You hear a clicking sound and he extends his that big meaty arm and that that disruptor Gatling gun goes just folds out and he brings it right out in front of him. And both of them stand there with wep with enough weaponry pointed at all of you to just level half of the house that's behind you guys. And after there's a moment of quiet, Taraz says, why the fuck is there a Jim Hadar standing behind you, Sol? Oh, I didn't realize you were going to be the adjudicator of whom I keep company with. We have other objectives, not just the syndicate itself. There are things we need to get, and that is of interest to our victory, which I don't know if you've heard, it's life. Mm, Slabaz growls and he says, Smells like the Jim Hadar who is with the changeling. The, the same, same one? What the fuck? And Taraz looks back at you and goes, he just pulls the he pulls the disruptor off of you and says, You know, it's not often where you just completely catch me off guard. I'm just gonna enjoy the moment. And he puts the gun away. And Slabaz looks at him and just same Jim Hadar. Yeah, but they're behind Saul, so. Mm. Ilkot Itlan speaks up and says, You are on the clock right now, Gorn. You will put your weapon away, or one of us dies. Not on my watch. Um, you see the Gorn stand there for a moment and he lifts the weapon up and he goes and he slides it down and as he starts to put it away you see him slide it back he's got this automated holster thing it just kind of folds back behind his back and you see him kind of shake a little bit from the sheer weight of this thing and as it folds back Slabaz just says Jim and our meat gave me too many chemicals Speaking of which, uh, if you happen to have any leads on Ketracel White. <laughs> well, not yet, but maybe we could work something out. It's that kind of place and those kind of people around. I'm told Don't there worry. are smugglers here. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you, Taras? Barius Prime hasn't changed much since you were last here. Hasn't changed much since I was last here. 
the only thing that's been different is there's no more slave trade. Although the guy I'm planning on introducing you to is trying to make sure that that comes back. There's a lot of desperate people that have been shifted around because of the war, and he's trying to capitalize on that. You're going to like this mission, Saul. I'm certainly going to feel a certain sort of way about it. And uh, with a 19 on the Chloros, a green die, so is everybody else. Is everyone angry right now? What is what is the... Uh... It's, you know, we're not, we're not all the way, we're not hitting the roof. Okay. Uh, because my other dice ensured that. But no, we are. <sighs> there is, there is, you would still be hard pressed in, in, in the game, uh, in the horrible game of thinking of the nightmarish things that sapient creatures do to one another. You're always hard pressed to find things that are worse than the, what was just mentioned. And however you each individually feel about it, it is amplified by a white hot rage that bubbles underneath the surface of your minds right now, enhanced by the fact that your captain, who is an Orion, is currently experiencing that and is not controlling their Chloros. As a result of that, you see, you see this brilliant white smile come across Taraz's face and he goes, oh yeah, we're gonna get that pretty Starfleet badge of yours dirty. Um, just to clarify, Eric, before we get yeah. too into this, I want to make sure everyone realizes McCrell has a satchel with her with some kind of medical equipment, uh, um, hypo sprays, whatnot, kind of disguised and altered to not look Starfleet. Okay, I want to just sure, make sure easy. that y'all are aware that I did bring something. Easy enough to so, replicate. Right. The so oh, when the captain right. does uh, feel this way, and we all do too, I'm just going to give the captain a look as if like silently with my eyes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna activate that twenty. Oh, because the thing is, is, is next to you that doctor has been trying to deal with her anger issues mm. off of her tea. Mm. You're so right. No. And and but I feel fine. Like the hair starts to go up on McCrell's neck, and so you begin to see what's happening as it happens. But McCrell is trying to style herself as feral and dangerous looking. Now she is. You get to see like the pupils just dilate to a slit and you see just, uh, they just narrow. You see that, that rage that's boiling under the surface. You're not acting out right now, but I am going to give you a trait until you can buy it off, Bonnie. Okay. All right, so your trait is um, uh, rage and put it at a one. Okay. So um, if you ever come across at any point in this in this scene or this scenario, this uh, while we're planet side, if McCrell ever comes across anyone who is in any way connected to the trafficking of other people while you're on planets, you are going to be at an additional dice on any decisions you make that involve you causing violence and minus one dice on anything that's supposed to be all Starfleet, right? Like, <laughs> great. Until you buy off that trade. Uh huh. Yeah. Costs two to buy it off uh, so that you know 
But feel free to leave it up for a while. I'm gonna leave it up for a while just in case. Uh, okay. If the, yeah. uh, Macrell's handling herself. She's flexing her claws, but nothing that can't... She's not using them in any direction yet, so I think everyone's... Tobias strides towards all of you now. Uh, he is obnoxiously dressed. He only has a leather strap over his bare chest. Uh, he has his leather pants on as well as a brass buckle. He also has, of course, the old traditional uh, like dark bronzed, almost golden plates on his forehead that were traditional of the old Orion ways, which he wears as a fuck you to the old Orion ways. Um, when he strides up, he says, all right, here's the uh, here's the layout of what's going on. The guy we're looking for, his name is Vipnit. He's a Zindi reptilian who used to be a lieutenant in the Orion Crime Syndicate. I had never heard of this guy before, but my guess is that he was a low nobody and has since capitalized in the power vacuums that have taken place. There's been some updates, Saul. You'd be interested in hearing about this. Onala, the woman who's installed herself as the Empress of Orion, if she's getting a bad reputation right now because of what she's doing, it's well-deserved. But it's also... I don't know. It's also kind of sexy. Are you a royalist now? No, nothing like that. Let's just say, in order to solidify her power, she's going after the remnants of the syndicate, and there are no trials. It's not pretty, but it's getting the job done. So I'm kind of not sure how I feel about it just yet. She's making a lot of enemies, but she's getting a lot of people behind her. Turns out, as you may well know, a lot of us Orions, fucking sick of the syndicate. Didn't know how to kick the drug, though. Now that it's gone, people like this uh, Vipnit, he doesn't, it's not as safe as he thinks he is. I managed to hustle a guy. And then when he says that, you hear Slabaz goes, and he goes, all right, all right. So Slabaz managed to scare the piss out of a guy into giving us some information about where this Vipnit is and what he's up to. But we think this Vipnit has information regarding arms sales that are taking place across the Alpha Quadrant and in the Shackleton Expanse, which, by the way, is new information that I only learned this morning. We uh, commandeered a shipment. I got a transmission from Yukani, and as it turns out, my boys back at home base this morning alerted me that they had confiscated Polaronic weapons that were trying to make it through my system. Two of them. Nothing like I'd ever seen before. I don't know what they are. But they're connected. I know that. Your men confiscated them? Yeah. They're back at Yukani Prime right now. I told them not to touch them. But I don't know who to trust to get to scan them. They look like they could be warheads, or they could be mines. They're a weapon of some kind. I just don't know what kind. We have expertise in the area. It's not the first such thing we've encountered. That's actually how we got our ride, but that's a tale for another time. Okay. We still have one more 
we're waiting on. She'll be in shortly, but I won't be able to do this without her, quite frankly. Another team member? Is she coming here? Or are you meeting her somewhere? If I know her, she'll find us soon. All right, so I guess we wait. I hope Just... they're a security expert, whoever they are, because this guy, Vipnet, he employs a lot of bodyguards and he likes to hole up in a pretty secure location. There's a lot of people that still think that he's Orion Syndicate and technically he is. He's getting new recruitments every day. We do love falling back to our old sins, don't we? And yes, she is. She is the best. All I'm respect curious. to the badge, but she's the best. Okay, so I'm curious. Let's go ahead and say that this serendipitous moment in the dialogue is when a certain someone starts to creep into the alleyway. Now, I'm just curious, upon arrival, do you announce yourself, Amy, or do you sneak in? What What is your entry method as you're arriving at these coordinates? Still you're muted. muted. <laughs> I live that unmuted life and I forget how to do it yeah. with people. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, these this alleyway is the, the coordinates that were in that message earlier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll say that they were kind of encoded into the message. Um, so right, so when you say, uh, she's the best, all respect to the badge, but she's the best, a small figure comes out of the shadows to the right and looks up at you uncertainly. It's a human girl, maybe 16, 17 years old. She was, how did you know my mom? Taraz looks completely taken aback and goes, where the hell did she? McCrell almost attacked her. I just rolled, but <laughs> I. <laughs> Ilkat Itlon is like, kind of like shocked, kind of turns and looks in your direction. We worked together. How did you have her codes? I don't have much of hers anymore, but the messages still come. Human, teen, long, uh, thick black braid, green eyes with a, a dark hood up over, uh, just looking, looking like she doesn't know how terrified she looks right now, but. Soul steps off the, the rest of folks to get just a little closer. What? happened you don't know i've been out of touch with most people in the business she always said one day she might not come back and then one day she didn't come back.
so we'll respect. But you're getting her messages and answering them? I'm good with computers. I, I didn't know what else to do, and I... I want out of here. I, I don't know if I can do the things she did, but... I don't think she... I don't think she wanted me to spend the rest of my life here. So whatever you're doing, if I can help, I can help. Jane, you swear you're looking at yourself at 14 oh, right now, talking to is. the ambassadorial staff on, in the ruins of Cardassia Prime. You can see the young you looking up at the amb Olin Majanil standing a few feet away, and you can see yourself. The same heartbreak, the same desperation. It is like, there is like a change in Jane. Like literally the second that you're like, one day she said she wouldn't come back and then she didn't come back. That is the moment that like, it kind of like hits Jane and she is looking at herself. I think that she wanted to be accusatory here. She wanted to say, and how can we believe you say you are who you say you are? And she says those words again, but they do not have the same bite as you would expect a statement like that to have. How, how can we believe you say you are who you are, who you are you say you are? I don't know, I, I could show you my papers, but, and you, she almost looks cheeky for a second, says, I could show you anyone's papers. Just yours. Um, I'll I'll hand a, a pad over. Okay. Uh, Lena Bloom. My pad. I'm sorry. What was it, Amy? I talked over you. Lena Bloom. Lena Bloom. Um, do the papers check out? <laughs> I mean, as you're looking at them, you see a young human, uh, basically a non-citizen. She doesn't technically have any rights here because she's not, she's kind of one of these people that's fallen in the cracks of this neutral territory. In, in this town, this old outdated place where the criminal empires are well owns the ruled, the only people that have personhood are the ones that are employed. And so you just see that on her digital readout that she just has a name and a, and a, and a serial number for reference, and that's it. You do see that the mother's name was Maud Bloom, which is apparently who Saul thought they were getting in contact with. Well, I mean, you're not much more than a name and a number, so. That's, that's okay. me. You could be our ticket in, though. Yes, yeah. to where? That's the question. Taraz looks over at you and you see this Orion looking down at you. She uh, looks a little bit wary. And he just, he scratches at his chin for a minute looking at you and you're not sure you like that wolfish grin on his face. He just kind of stares at you for a minute, Lena, and says, huh. 
you know, between you, he points at you, Sol, and he goes, you, and he points at you, Lacat. I bet you we could get some forgeries from this one. And um, Taraz and I could be your, you know, bodyguards, I guess. Taraz, uh, Slabaz and I could be your bodyguards. And we might have a plan here. I don't know about the two of you, though. And I don't even know who the fuck you are. Taraz points at you, <laughs> Tech, and he goes, but for the rest of y'all, I know that two of you aren't going to have any problems getting in. We do also, like I said, have other objectives. Our team has a lot of things to do. We don't necessarily have to get everyone in everywhere. We just have to get some of us, well, still everywhere. Uh, and I just, I turn, just angle a little bit away from Lena toward Taraz. Look, you know what owing people is like and yeah. There is only one set of cheekbones like that in the Alpha Quadrant. That was, that's her. And I owe her mother for something at Beltane 9 that I can never talk about and I can never pass up. Yeah. So right. I am going to do this thing with this one and you do whatever you need to do about that. All right. One last piece of advice then. Vipnit is a weasel. He's dangerous, but he's a weasel. You're not going to get a lot out of him. If you want to take him down, get to his data core or wherever he stores his information. Whoever he's dealing weapons with, we uncover that, we can cut the cord and end this once and for all. And you get to find out how you go back to Starfleet without getting your ass court-martialed. Which, by the way, when that inevitably happens to you, Sol, you're always welcome. I could always use a leader like you, leading a bunch of unscrupulous people who need to know how to get around those who can capture pirates. I wouldn't know what to do with you. I could think of a few things. All right, then we're going to start setting up a purchase history. We are going to start setting up identities and you are going to get me some information on some purchasers for Ketracel White. Lena, uh, you're in and you are in running. Get ready and look more confident than you feel. One last thing. What am I promising these people for this Ketracel White? And what am I getting in return for it? If you don't know the power of a favor to be named later, I don't know what to tell you. As for them... Ha! Hold up. Your favors have power because you're a captain in Starfleet. When this operation is over, there's no guarantee that stays the same. What do what I get? What about the ship? Uh, the Goose. It's uh, scrapped in a junkyard anyway. We just needed to get back, but then it's all yours. We can't have it be traced back to us. Deal. All right. I'm gonna Soul offers you. tech a very sweet smile. 
<laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Just as a suggestion, not exactly an offer. Uh... <laughs> deal. Too late for that. Here we are. <laughs> With that, Draz nods and says, "Come on, let's get out of here before you eat a Jim Hadar." Slabaz just says, "Okay," and the two of them. Uh, you know, like a kid standing next to Big Bird, just walk out of the alley as they head out, look left and right before they take a hard left. And just like it, but with thicker weaponry. Gorn, you hear Ilkat, it lets him. We're the adversaries. Personal experience? Yes. Mm, that's all I need to know about that then. All right. Taraz is going to get back to us with some information on some purchasing. We'll need to take care of that. And we are going to, yes, I think we're going to post as acquisitions for the true way. You ready for that, Lakat? Can you repeat what you said you broke up for me? Acquisitions for what? For the true way. Yes. Good then we're going to need uh, bad looking travel papers of an identity. We're going to need a second layer that's attached to a criminal history associated with incidents along the Cardassian borders. And we're going to need some records of weapons purchase that are not the easiest for someone to find, but someone who goes looking finds them quickly enough. We want to look like we're hiding things and we're hiding things poorly. Can you do that very quickly? Yeah, I can do that. Good. I should stay as someone who is near Jane being that she is Cardassian, the relationship between the Cardassian people, if you are true way in this environment, it will validate both of us. And Ilkat Itlan, by the way, did fight in the Dominion War, Jane. He was a member of the Jim Hadar soldiers and the Dominion War. So you are actually talking to somebody who was involved, a Jim Hadar soldier was involved. <laughs> yeah, that personal experience thing did kind of. Yeah elucidate that all right if you are willing to trust that we engage in acquisitions on your behalf then we can certainly use you to complete this mission as well thank you do you have a base of some kind Blim? i have a room perfect that'll do all right kind of looks up at the Jem'Hadar will mostly fit. <laughs> I can wait outside if I am too large. <sighs> the more the merrier, I, I guess. Hmm. It's good to have a local perspective. Uh, I'm tech, by the way. Lena, hi. Thanks for helping. Uh, and Dorian, huh? Kinda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's complicated. And this is McCrell. It's nice to meet you. Hi. I just, 
sort of you you looked a little jumpy when she first came in she just kind of waves and she's a little hangry right now oh i don't have much in the way of snacks and i'm gonna just look really hard at tech and like i'm fine ah, she's fine <laughs> and your soul yeah I'm so. I don't suppose she ever. If she was smart, she hadn't never mentioned. She's a couple of stories. No one who didn't have it coming, right? <sighs> that was the job. These, I assure you, are far finer Starfleet officers than I ever was or will be. Starfleet. No, we are not. <laughs> you are a she horrible liar. We can only liar. do her job if we tell her the truth, and if her mother didn't, then I owe her that much. I am not Starfleet. Feet. He's not Starfleet, well, it's true. Well, He's what are you doing hundreds. here? <laughs> well, we have the Starfleet sort of things. Yes. But... She looks at Jane. Starfleet? Lieutenant Lacat. Lieutenant Lacat? Like the city. Wow. I've never been off Ferios. It's really not that great. No, it is not. Oh, I meant the cat, but Arius <laughs> Prime is. Yeah, it's not that great either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here, and she'll show you into her uh, extremely dingy one room place, uh, okay. which looks like a teenager has been living there alone for several years. So, hmm. all right, y'all are led into, yes, indeed, a cramped living space that's large enough to house a small table, a, a little eating space, and a bed that's built into like a metal slag of a wall. Um, and as you were all let in, you see all of these computer consoles in holographic displays immediately activate upon recognizing her entering into the room. They also activate a bunch of security cameras that are all over positioned secretly outside the alleyways and that look out onto the streets, giving her a full view of everything that's going on around her at all times, as well as a few key points in the other city. And as you all enter into this space and begin to settle in to enact the phase two and final phase of the mission, we're gonna go on our 10 minute break. <laughs> it's 804, because time is flying. So we will be back in 10 minutes. Don't go anywhere, we'll see you soon. And uh, as the TARDIS slips away, oh, no. you all just watch mesmerized as uh, peace falls to Farius Prime. It was bigger on the inside. <laughs> Tech is just like, what kind of warp core was that? Why was it moving <laughs> up and down? That makes no sense. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right back into it. Um, so you guys have spent the past 45 minutes getting a lay of the land and getting a good glimpse of what's going on outside. But you also see that uh, this kid, Lena, she, she's been a busy bee. 
and the genius of her technical skills is becoming quite obvious because the visuals that you have of the city here on on Farius Prime is she has clearly hacked into cameras from across the spectrum of people who have uh, surveillance going on. Since there's no real strong established central government here, multiple computer systems of varying complexities have all been compromised by her. <laughs> gotta do you just do jobs. this for fun. Do what I you got, they... right? I mean, those are odd jobs, I suppose. Huh? Uh, how do the forgeries look, incidentally, uh, Master of Games? Let's how, how quality? Let's is roll. It's been, it's been years since I've asked Amy to roll Star Trek dice. I want to ask her to roll some Star Trek dice. Um, so. Um, ooh, you know, let's see. Let me see what I would ask you to roll here. One second. I still have your character sheet. Nina Bloom, you badass. Let's see. She would probably... Okay. Um, I think this would be... Yeah, I think this is going to be reason and engineering for you. Okay. So, so as a quick refresher, because I know it's been a hot minute. So the D20s, you're going to take two D20s, and you're going to add your reason and your engineering together, which will give you 15. Mm -hmm. Nothing to snark at there. Um, that means you need to roll a 15 or lower. And if you roll a one, it's an automatic critical success. And anything, if you have, I don't know what you picked for your focuses. Well, one of them's forgery. Okay, so maybe that applies. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that that applies. So if you roll a five or lower, it's a critical hit. If you roll a 20, it's a complication. Take a momentum and take a third die, Amy. You're going to spin a momentum May and get a third I? die? Yes. Okay, so grab that 3d20. We need these papers that to be like immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. All right. The doctor, the doctor some momentum. Oh, I got a 14 and a 10 and a one. Isn't it funny to be celebrating ones again? Yeah. <laughs> After years of... <laughs> Always so. celebrate ones. It's so yeah. intuitive. We won. Yay. <laughs> so, so that's two, one, two, three, four. Four successes. I had put the difficulty at three. So well done. And that we gained a momentum. complicated roll. Um, it takes... The one no was on the extra die, by the way. So thank oh. you. Uh -huh. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so the speed in which she completes coming up with flawless forgeries that she then presents to all of you, it's, this is reminiscent of some high quality Starfleet intelligence stuff. This is stuff you would have seen at the headquarters office. It's, and she just stands there like a happy puppy dog, just like holding it out to you. You're just kind of looking at these works of art. She hands, extends her hands to you. These are immaculate. These are... And Sol just looks as they flip through Lacats. These are something. Is this spelled correctly? I just hand it over to Jane to double check. Jane takes it, doesn't even look at it, and says, looks good to me. <laughs> it's uh, Elir Cress. Did you learn how to do this yourself? Self-taught? Just 
I pick up stuff here and there. It I, for a while, I I didn't I didn't want people knowing Mom wasn't answering messages, so I just got real good at making things look like they ought to look. Listen, once we get out of here, there's definitely a place for you. If you want it. She goes dead silent. Something about the words out of here. Uh, just clearly got through. All right, stay focused. We have double objectives and very limited time to do them because our absences will be noticed. So let's work quickly. I'm going to need a team to retrieve the catcher cell white that's going to be working with Taraz and Slabaz. And we are going to meet with this Zindi local and thereafter follow to whatever lair he's holed up in and steal his info. Uh, I'm gonna look over at the Jem'Hadar and be like, Captain, I would like to um, be on the team to search for the white. I want to make sure that it is accurate. Yes, it would be disastrous if there were any kind of adulterance in it and no one could better assess that than you. Thank you, Captain. I would like to go with McCrell. I don't want you going alone. And Tech looks over at you. Even though you could probably kill me. <laughs> yes. I'll Not that I would kill you, Chief no. Tech. But I, yes, I could. But I won't. I have no desire to do that ever. I this lean got, over to Lena, this got the finest Starfleet has to offer. <laughs> they're, they're very good friends. But do we have any leads? And take a look over at Therese. Uh So Therese in them actually left. However, yeah, they're, they're looking for leads. If you guys are willing to spend a couple of momentum to create advantage, I can say that they contact you relatively quickly. With your relatively list. quickly sounds good. Uh, that would bring us down to two. Okay, so it's been about like I said, it's been close to forty-five minutes. It's been we'd say about as an hour stretches on. You get contacted by Taraz that says as the message comes through. You hear his voice on the other side says, "Well, looks like my contacts are still good." Excellent. Do you have a location for buy? Yeah, not too far from well, the alley where we met. Also, Saul, just as a heads up, there's a lot of folks here that used to be in the syndicate that aren't anymore, kind of going to doing their own thing. But you operated on this planet at one point, so maybe put a hood on just in case. Yes, it is very easy to disguise who I am, isn't it? I blend in with all of the other six foot five month binary Orions. Nah, I don't think you, I think you underestimate. Stop sweet talking me. They're only asking Latinum, right? Nothing that's going nothing to too, give me the heebies or jeebies. No, nothing too intrusive. I don't think you have that much to worry about. Just don't give them a, just don't give them a reason to look at you. And you'll be fine. Hey, I pull off my eye patch. I could give you my eye patch, Captain. 
it could give you some kind of an advantage for a disguise. You're too kind. I couldn't possibly deny you that. It's too aesthetic. It does look good, doesn't it? And then I put it back on. Mm. All right, Taraz, send the coordinates for the buy, and I'm going to send two of my best to meet you. All right, sending now. Good luck, whatever you're about to do. And hey, if you do get in a fight with this son of a bitch, just make sure it hurts. Make sure it hurts him a lot. I'd appreciate that. I think a lot of us would. It's all out. Okay. Channel clicks off. You receive coordinates. All right. Let's see. Uh, we're going to need to get a message to the Zindi now. Ideally, templated off of any previous messages he might have gotten from other buyers, that would mean we'd need to figure out what those buy requests look like. Are you down for one more? A hack? Yeah. Bloom? All right. All right, this one's going to be tricky because ah, you're oh. going into deep secure neck. What's up? One more thing before yeah. we split up and tech will pull out uh, modified versions of the communicators. So they are not Starfleet regulation, oh, okay. just regular communicators. Okay. And pass them out. Okay, cool. Cool. Captain, if you should need an extra hand or Paul, let us know. We'll try not to get too far away. When we've tracked down his main location, I'll be sure to send you the coordinates and we have the ones for your buy. So be equally unafraid to call us if needed and just go through it. We have enough latinum for anything that they ask, but if they try to bully you, show some teeth. Don't let them push you around. I don't get bullied, Captain. I and I give that McCrell grin. <laughs> Cat grin that's terrifying. <laughs> she's still angry too, just so y'all know. Yeah, like, she's still say, like clenched jaws of fury McCrell is being held back by a thread. She wants a mug of tea so bad. <laughs> oh, make some right, tea. You may yet get to mug a drug dealer, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. All right. Uh, may I assist? Effectively, I've yes, I've got to the clan with your with your background in espionage, one hundred percent. So okay. I'm going to not quite over the shoulder because that is stressful. Uh, I think I'll just set up alongside, and I'll have a data pad up with a couple of protocols. Uh, at the top, it says the old tricks. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you both as you make this roll that this is going to be a succeed at cost roll, which means even if you don't succeed the roll, you will still succeed, but there will be complications. So whatever happens, you guys are gonna get in contact. All right, the difficulty for this roll is going to be four. So it's one of the highest difficulties I can throw at you. Um, you have, how much momentum do you have left? Only two, so we can okay. only get one die. You can get one die and an assist from Saul. Mm -hmm. And 
you have specialization. Yes. Amy, so go ahead and Lena, if you want to make that roll, and we will say once again, um, I think this is going to be, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a reason en engineering check for you. So another 15. I, uh, does my <clears throat> hacking focus come in on this 100%, one? 100%, yes. Okay. You didn't ask oh. me which focuses I was picking. Can I, I recommend just... something? Yeah. Do you have your values selected? You know, I do. Uh, Is there a value you could call upon here? What a great point. I think that for this one, um, I am going to spend a determination, please, uh, mm -hmm. to draw on make my mom proud. So you're going to get two automatic successes. Why do you pick values that hurt me? So, so treat one of those so treat one of those d20s as though it had just rolled a one so you automatically critical success on that and roll the rest of them okay and that's three others right uh yes because you did bought I, you bought an extra die yes we are going to buy an extra die right so that should be three total then correct so yes so what's the, the, how one is the helping what's that uh, if you succeed on your roll, and I don't know the determination figures into that for assists, so I'm going to assume if you succeed on at least one die, then I will also get to roll a single d20. Traditionally, I roll uh, my control security uh, for these kinds of hacks. Right. I forgot. Okay, okay so I'm going to roll two. Um, okay. and uh, my... You can roll three if you want to get that additional die. It's separate from the determination spend. It's mm -hmm. momentum spend. Correct. Excellent. Okay. Rolling three. All right. All right. A 14 and 11 and a two makes one, two, three, four, plus my existing two, five, six successes. And Saul got one. And yes, a 15 out of Saul is a success nice. on this check. High levels like this, y'all are rolling monsters. So seven successes total on a four difficulty roll. Yes. In fact, it looks like, Lena, this particular Zendi has kind of opened up a storefront, as it were, in the data sphere, inviting people who want to pursue business opportunities to come find him at, uh, at uh, the, uh, the Molten Inn, which is, uh, the Molten Inn is actually, it sounds like the word Molten in Inn, all in one, as though it was like somebody named uh, a hotel after the word molten. But what it actually is, is a combination of an old slang word that was used uh, back in the day when the Orion's Crime Syndicate was here. What it actually means is Thieves Guild. Kind of hitting the nail on the head a little bit too hard. Probably a symbol of the pure arrogance and kind of like bitter laughter that the the nearly unchecked Orion's crime syndicate had basically a sign that says we're the Orion's crime syndicate <laughs> kind of like what are you going to do about it um the molten inn is uh about three miles from here and it's one of his meetup points and if you are interested in securing uh and procuring certain uh hard to achieve items he can help you do that and would love to expand out his business it's easy enough 
using your skills to navigate through there and put forth an inquiry of meeting soon and making it sound urgent, important, and profitable. All in the same message. We're using only like four sentences, short and sweet and to the point. Like you're putting forth the best possible resume. You immediately get a reply as though somebody had been watching the channels and says you will be contacted shortly. By the time you have turned and told Sol the success of like, as you're about to say it worked, you hear a chime indicating you're being contacted. What do I do? Don't worry. Is it uh, text or is it uh, hail? Oh, no, it's like a hail. You're being hailed, basically. It's visual. Don't worry, I can tank this one. If you'll, and Sol sort of points at the seat. Everyone kind of moves, except for Lakat and the Jim Hadar that's standing behind you. Yep. Exactly. Who, wants to, who wants to answer this? Uh, Sol is going to put Lakat in the chair and then stay in the frame as okay. well. All right. Okay. So Lakat, you slide into the chair. And uh, this is. Uh, Alia Crest responding. We open up the hailing line. Okay. The Zindi appears on the screen in front of you. This little holographic imagery just pops up, this flat projection of his face as he eyeballs you for a second. And then you see his eyes widen a little bit as he notices that A, you're a Cardassian, and B, you're standing next to a Jim Hadar. Doesn't even look at you, Saul. And says, Ah. True way. Was wondering when we might be able to do business with you again. Good to see you. Shocked to see you here on planet side. Happy to do business with you further. I see that you've already had the benefit of then of meeting my colleagues. Are you Vipnet? That is me. And I've had the pleasure of doing business with your legate. Well, we look forward to continuing, as you so astutely pointed out. Um, my colleagues and I here are interested in specific goods that we were told you would be able to help us with. It seems you and I see eye to eye on certain matters. Yes, the true way has money and I have things the true way wants. We see eye to eye on certain matters. What we seek out this time is a little different than what we've seeked out in the past. And I think it would be best if we met face to face in order to discuss such Delicate matters? Guess what, Jane? What? It's time to roll Presence Command. Let's do it. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right. Really roll it. And a point of momentum, you can use my command score and one of my yeah. focuses. Okay, what is your... Uh... Five. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm going to um... spend a point of threat to give myself an extra d20. I'll allow it. Two, um... <laughs> 
Do I have the momentum to use an extra dice here? Yeah, we topped out after Lena destroyed right. every computer system on Farius Prime. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. fair. That's fair. Yeah, there's um, outages taking place in the Shackleton Expanse right now because of that hack. That's factual. Um, that did happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got a five and a seven. What are we looking at? What, what's a your score? Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's a crit because I have any relevant focus to this. Right. I have all the social skills. So yeah, that should be a total of three successes from you. Perfect. Okay, I rolled a three, 11, and a 15. So you beat him by one. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Um, he says, you see his eyes narrow, Jane, and there's a harrowing moment where you're not sure if he's buying it. And he says, different, interesting. Very well. What different items would you like to acquire? I suppose that's the point of meeting face-to-face, -face, isn't it? Is to ensure that conversation remains secure. Because you succeeded, he says, of course, we wish to continue doing business with Trueway. You are one of our finest clients. And we've had nothing but wonderful experiences dealing with you as well. Jane is smiling a lot more than she has ever smiled in her fucking life. <laughs> the syndicate returns and we have you to thank for funding it. I shall meet you at the following coordinates. We'll and you see happy. coordinates come into the thing, see you soon. And then it just cuts off abruptly. The smile drops mm -hmm. and you just see her go, I hated that. Um, that was so cool. You were good at that. Coordinates. We have coordinates. Um, well done. Senpai noticed me. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a um, well done, and then they turn back. Yeah. Uh, I the think. well done, Jane, literally, you don't see across her face, but she kind of blinks at that. That's literally the only registration of it. But, um. All right, we're going to need to do a very quick mock up of a variation of the Polaron weaponry so that we have something in specifications to show them. Uh, Tech with me. Find it. Oh, I okay. And then we left. release you to your drug deals. I thought we'd already left when we got the coordinates from. Oh, it just happened. Oh, I, I guess we, we did it. Like scatter to the respective winds. We um, did not leave yet. Then it doesn't have to be that you have all left yet. And truth, the matter, the truth of the matter is, is that Lena did such an astonishing job getting that hack, setting up that meeting, and it happened so quickly. Yeah. It's totally within the balance of the narrative to be like, uh, oh, we're not leaving okay. just yet. Okay. Okay. Um, perfect. At this, at this point. Ilkat Itlan says, and where would you like me? If, as you say, you are willing to allow my people here to acquire the Ketracel White on your behalf, that would smooth that deal somewhat. They might be more difficult if they understood the extent of the need, and it would be helpful to ferreting out exactly why Things are going amiss. If we could have you along, furthermore, Tiraz and Slabaz will both be with them, and well, 
Lakat and I can take care of ourselves, but you are on another level. He turns and looks at you, Macrell, and says, I run low on supplies. If you were with us, then they would know that it was a matter of life and death and continue to be difficult. I will acquire what you need. I can make it easy on them. Yes, but sometimes the easy way is not the best way. It takes 13 pounds of pressure and a quick movement to snap a neck. Yes, it does. That is correct. You stating this fact does not make that the best choice. Very well. He turns and looks back at you and says, I will follow the two of you then. If I'm gonna... I do not receive the white by the end of this day, I cannot guarantee anyone's safety. You understand. I came to Farius Prime again. My safety is never guaranteed. He we'll give it slowly. to you. You see, he nods, understanding that. Curiously enough, it does not come off. He is not threatening you. You don't sense this like aggression mm -hmm. threat. Um, yep. But he That's nods. It's a deadline. Mm -hmm. An actual dead. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Bloom, it'd be lovely if we could have you nearby. We don't need to have you in the meeting, frankly. I don't think it's the kind of thing where one would expect you, but if you were nearby, perhaps there as well, listening? Yeah, I could find myself a little listen spot. I, I don't really want to go in. I spent more time trying to stay out of places like that. Understood. Wherever you hole up that you're accounted for. Do I know, uh, Eric, this location? Like, do I know where the Molten Inn is? Yeah, it's 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 not, uh, again, it's not like a hidden establishment. It's pretty well known. It's a nice little bar area. It's not even a seedy dive bar. It's actually quite a nice little, like, place where people go to have drinks. Do I know any of the places, like, right across from it? Oh, yes. And easy, again, easy enough to gain access to any of the visuals that you need. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say if it makes sense that, like, I know, uh, uh, like, a noodle shop across from it that, like, I can sneak okay. in the back way and just be in yeah. the top room looking out the window. Um, we'll say that there is a... Uh, uh, that there is a Klingon eatery right across the street. Those it's are some noodles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah. hand her one of the com badges uh, uh, that tech, uh, you know, modified and be like, if anything goes wrong, you can be our eyes and ears outside the meeting. <gasps> Amy's Absolutely. Oracle. Yeah. Haven't had someone on the other end of one of these. Huh. That's a good look. I turn away immediately before I'm laying it on too thick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh no, she's coming with us. <laughs> what if one you do? Right, but we don't. Um, we don't want to overwhelm her. I know. No, I didn't say that loud. I'm thinking mm -hmm. it. <laughs> you get the sense every time you say something like this, this this look across her face, like she's 
Like if she if she goes along with it, someone's gonna yell psych. You know? Oh. She's just like Exactly why Saul isn't pouring it on. <laughs> Alright. Alright, y'all. Ready? Time to disperse. So going first, we're gonna follow Chief Tech McCrell and y'all's rendezvous with Taraz in Slabaz. Taraz is, uh, when you all approach, this looks like a port where people rent, no joke, but look like they rent like hover cars or automobiles that use to travel around the city. Mm -hmm. um, it's a pretty small establishment as uh, this kind of transportation in this era of Star Trek is starting to slowly become something of a sort of like an exhibitionist kind of lifestyle. Most people are starting to get, transporter technology is slowly creeping towards Picard era, where people step into an archway and reappear wherever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of technology doesn't necessarily exist here on this world. So as a result of that, you see like a lot of these hover cars that people can rent to go to the city or wreck as they so desire. Um, <laughs> Taraz is Taraz is waiting out front with this mountain of Gorn, uh, and as the two of you approach, uh, he just nods and says, "All right, so you two are the criminals in this one, huh? Going to help me buy some drugs for your murderous Jimadar friend." When you put it like that, yes. All right, just making sure we all know we're on the same page here. Mm. Let's do this. And then he sighs and starts walking towards this alleyway as if it couldn't get any more stereotypical. Yeah. Y'all are moving through this area. It's like, of course, it's a dark alley next to a car dealership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. The two, the four of you end up into this alleyway inside the alleyway waiting for you with two Nausicaan bodyguards is a Ferengi. Who is sitting here, like pressing on a data pad and having a conversation? And the, he's having a conversation with one of the Nosikins. And the Nosikin goes, I told you, I don't know. I don't do the books. I kill who you want me to kill. You pay me, I kill. You pay me again, I kill more. As you all approach, uh, Taraz just says, I don't think there's going to be any killing today. <laughs> And, I, and just like again, just because I said it last time, not on my watch. <laughs> the Ferengi turns. This Ferengi is not dressed in the traditional Ferengi attire of the trade union. Uh, this Ferengi is dressed more like a citizen of this world, which is a multitude of cultures that pass through here. So you're seeing different styles from all across the spectrum of aliens here in Star Trek. Like you're actually seeing sort of baggy pants that are tucked into these tight leather uh, boots that go up to his knees and like this black jacket that goes across the top and ties around into the back. It looks kind of like biker jacket Klingon-ish. It's kind of a strange look for a Ferengi. But as he turns around, he looks at everybody and goes, and then he just looks up at Slabaz, mm -hmm. who slowly looks back down at him and says, is that a gun on your back? He's just happy to see you. Very happy to see you. <laughs> Taraz just says, we're all happy to see you. Mm -hmm. uh, so Ketrasel White. Yeah, Ketrasel White. 
curious request. Literally nothing anyone can do with this unless you're Jim Hadar. It's toxic to every known species in the quadrant. You try ingesting this stuff, you're probably going to start trying to eat a rock before you stab your mother-in-law to death with an ice pick. So why do you want it? Why do... <laughs> Holy shit. This is your first time. What? This is your first time. You're asking me why I want to buy illicit goods from you. Is this your first time? <laughs> no, it's not my I'm a criminal. It's not my first time. I'm a Ferengi. I've been doing this all my life. Okay? Sure. Okay. So if you're making a stupid-ass mistake, like asking me what I'm going to do with a drug, and this isn't your first time, I have to assume you're the law. Slabaz, the Gatling gun comes out, and you see it go, and as it starts to spin up, the two Nausicans take a step back, and he goes, whoa, 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 okay, okay, okay. No, no, it's my first time. It's my first time. This is my uncle's business. I'm just, uh, you know, just trying to, just trying to make some credits, like everybody. Credits, right. We deal in latinum, dumbass. Nobody deals in credits out here. You're going to get your ass shot. Uh, okay, Latinum. Of course, Latinum. I'm a Ferengi. Latinum's great. I love Latinum. Tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to give you a three for three special. You said you had three vials of white? Yeah, that's right. Okay. For every vial of white you have, one of you gets to leave here alive. Deal? Deal? That sounds great. That sounds like a deal to me. Are you guys good with that? The Noskins just nod. The Gatling gun is still spinning as the Gorn just holds it out in front of him. And Taraz goes, great, great. You know, for first time, you're not stupid. That's, that's good. Let me see the white. He produces three small vials. Tekko motion over to Macrell, like bumping mm -hmm. her forward to look. Let's find out if these are real, shall we? And he hands them out to McCrell. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, McCrell. I'm going to grab them. And <laughs> as I'm looking them over, I'm going to inspect them really closely and then be like, hmm, and then move my eye patch over to my other eye. Just for dramatic effect. And then okay. wink at the Ferengi. <laughs> right at like a Leslie Nielsen movie. Um, yep. <laughs> all right. So uh, uh, I'm assuming no I'm rolling Brooks. for this. Yeah. So, um, so here's the problem. You are going to roll, but you are being penalized because you are freaking angry right now. Uh, you are verging on a frenzy. You have been since you arrived in the scene. <sighs> and, uh, so with this roll, uh, we are going to impose an immediate increase in the complication range. So that, that penalty is going to make 19s and 20s. But then I'm going to be a jerk and spend three threat. Oh, because no. it's a cheap way of getting a maximum of uh, maximum complication range off of this. So if you roll a okay. 16 or higher, you get a complication. Okay. Oh, boy. What am I rolling? So this is going to be, this is, good news is, this is your bread and butter. You are going to be rolling your reason medicine check here. 
Control medicine or reason. Oh, then it's not your bread and butter. It's reason. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, reason medicine's pretty good too. I mean, okay. either works really. Do you have anything like chemistry or any kind of anything dealing with chemicals or? Uh, uh, experimental medicine. I would Definitely say the white's not. pretty experimental. It is no? not. <laughs> um, I'm a quick study. So when I'm attending a task or anything that's involving an, an unfamiliar medical uh, thing, uh, yeah. I can ignore any difficulty increase. Mm, there's no difficulty increase on this, and it really doesn't count as a medical procedure. Well, you know what? Think, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? It's xenobiology. It's it's <laughs> the white is for the Jimadar, which I have studied very profusely. That's gonna uh, be. Enough. Yeah, so unfortunately, it's not dealing directly with the Zeno. Martial biology. arts? I will hit the white. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Martial arts, yes. <laughs> We're going to say you look at the white and you know exactly like the pressure points in which to attack the bile. Yes, if I hit it right here, it'll break yeah, in half. It Perfect. will break. So, yes, no, you have to just, it's a regular roll. So. Oh, because um, violence. Oh. Ah, see? Sam found it. Yep, Sam found the loophole. All right, yep. all right. I guess I'm just gonna go for it. So the, the difficulty of this, you, can, you are but... using a scanner of some kind. Uh, I I did my. So what I was planning on doing was like taking it and like you know inspecting it, you know, uh, smelling it and stuff, and then I was gonna secretly scan it, but then but not really show that I was scanning it. I was just gonna be like making it look like I was inspecting it just by myself, but also taking a scan when I could. I mean, you can turn your back and scan it. They don't have to. Yeah. See what you're doing. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. What's the difficulty? Um, the difficulty is going to uh, it's uh, two. Difficulty okay. Two. I'm gonna take a momentum just in case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I appreciate that. I have four. More dice. More yep. dice. Higher. Uh, I have two because we spent for an advantage at one point, and that cost two. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This is lovely. Okay. 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 I got three successes. One of them, however, is a success, but it's also a 16, because 16 is actually my success <laughs> number. Messy success. Five. A dirty success, shall yeah. I say. So I'm very successful, but just a little angry about it. I lied about the best roll. I said before the one in 20 is the best roll. This is actually the best roll. <laughs> so it is technically a success, Eric. Campbell. With what we gain one momentum too. We do. With the complication. Tell you what. Um if one of them's not one of them's not real, I know exactly what I'm gonna do, but two of them are not real. Oh. Okay. And I'm angry. Uh I'm gonna go up to the Ferengi. I'm gonna hand the one that is. So hold up, hold okay, up. Okay, okay. If you're going to get in up to the, the Frankie has two Nausicaan bodyguards, and even though there is weapons drawn on them, if you move up to face down with the Ferengi, we're gonna have a fight. I know. Yeah. So, so, but keep in mind, as GM, I have not triggered your rage. You, as a player, could decide to do it if you wanted to. If you felt like that was narratively appropriate, I will bow to that. Mm. Otherwise, right now, the complication that I'm going to enact is not going to be related to your rage. Mm. Okay. The rage. I'm not going to do what? it. Anyway. I'm not going to do it. But okay. can I tell you what I thought about doing? <laughs> sure. <laughs> because just from previous McCrell mm -hmm. things with Fergie's, I was going to go up and. Um, uh, 
get close to the Ferengi and be like, you know, two of them. And as I talk, like start rubbing his ear, but then get harder and harder and then squeeze it is not real. And then I was gonna like basically squeeze, (laughs) basically like grabbing a man's. No, we we should do that actually. Okay, Uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All right, so so McCrow, you get up there. I'm gonna get up there and I'm I'm gonna be like, excuse me. I appreciate the fact that we are doing business with you. And I'm going to start rubbing his ear. He starts going, oh, no. Uh, However, and then I'm going to start squeezing it harder. Two of these vials have been tampered with and are not real. And I'm going to squeeze his ear really hard. You hear from behind you in tech, you're watching all of this. Uh Taraz goes, we had a deal. I'm gonna look up to the guards and I'll be like, one of you is free to go. Two of them were fake. He nods, Slabaz opens fire. Ah! Um, you've never seen this weapon work on anybody, but the, 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 the disruptor bolts that pass through the first Nausicaan, they, they work like they are independent bolts on kill settings. So what you see is very similar to, remember Guardians of the Galaxy when Star-Lord opened fire on Ego mm-hmm. and just chunks of his body were disintegrated? Mm-hmm. You're, watching, you're watching like the Swiss cheesing effect of being disintegrated as the first Nausicaan is horribly murdered in front of your eyes. The second one starts to run and Slabaz recharges it and sets it down. The Ferengi starts screaming in terror and starts to sob as to Slabaz opens fire on the fleeing Nausicaan. And moments later, there are smoking, there just, there's smoking ruins of what used to be biological matter scattered blackened across this alleyway on the ground. What was also somewhat horrifying is for all the noise, the spinning that chamber makes, the blast of disruptors coming out of this gun are eerily quiet. They sound like heavy thudding noise, just like and they disperse as they impact in the organic matter. It's horrible to watch. And as it finishes, the charge spins down and you hear Slabaz go out of charge. And Taraz goes, it's okay. We had a deal, a deal that we agreed on. One vial per life. And now you get to go back to your uncle and tell him you're ready for your second day at work. And Taraz smiles at him. And the Ferengi just whimpers. And Taraz sinks down. He's standing next to you and he sinks down. And McCrell, you're seeing that side of him. Mm -hmm. That he's always been Taraz. He's on your side but you're seeing the ruthlessness come out, the the side of him that enjoys what he does. And as he squats down next to the Ferengi, he just says, you are so lucky our Jim Hadar friend wasn't here. If I had to explain to him why only one of these, as far as I'm concerned, I saved your life today. And he pats the Ferengi on the head as he stands up and says, we got one. That's probably enough to get you all back alive. Let's get out of here. Um, I slowly let go of the Fringy's ear, but um, where my claws were will definitely leave a scar. 
Um, I am going to say that upon the enactment of that complication, I'm going to remove your trait of rage. Oh yeah, the, doing... watching watching the guards explode probably. Yes, uh, I'm going to say brought the, the, back the like horror, ooh. the horror of witnessing these two Nausicaan bodyguards get eviscerated by this gun that you've never seen fired on somebody before. Uh, yeah. Kind of sobered you up a little bit. And little Tech bit. Taraz smiles at you as he walks past you. Uh, and Tech is totally bothered by all of this. P pings the communicator and just says, "We got it," and then closes the communicate. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just gonna, I'm going to, um, pat Tech's arm for a little bit, just to like, and I'm just gonna look him in the eye and I'm like, I'm okay. And just to re, cause I could cause I didn't want him to see me like that, but mm -hmm. he did. You can get real scary. Hmm. I need the chamomile. As soon as I get to a replicator. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. Let's get back to the others. Arriving at the bar, sitting across the street in a nice little, like, hold-up spot on top of the building. Lena, you have yourself a very comfortable spot where you can see all of the outside, and you might even be able to access some of the cameras inside. Um, and we can roll for that in a second, but the three of you all approach on the approach jane as everybody is walking up uh you see outside there looks like there's a bodyguard you're not sure what species this guy is but he looks reptilian not like gorn with the full-on sort of t-rex face but just reptilian and like a humanoid reptilian with reptilian eyes and a big like <laughs> think greg from last starfighter he has just sort of like this dark brown skin and sort of sharp teeth in his mouth. And he sees you approach, he has this very robust, like upper body. Sees the Jim Hadar next to you, doesn't say a word and just kind of steps aside. Um, Y'all have no problem gaining access. Wonderful. You flash, you flash your, your, your uh, data pads with your forged sheets. As you walk in, they are scanned and you just see green lights going off, ding, ding, ding. As once again, you observe that those forgeries fool every security system in this uh, bar. She did good. Not she did. Uh, Sol has taken Teraza's advice, sort of. Um, okay. They have not put on a hood. Um, <laughs> okay. They have taken off because, to be blunt, last time Sol was on here, they on this planet, uh, they were pretending to be a girl. And so this time they are doing what no binarist Ryan would expect. Right, true. Okay, yeah. Uh, so they've cut off their hair. They actually just straight up shaved their head for this one. Um, okay. And they are uncomfortably close to Zazardin dress code right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but this is why Garrick was uh, kind enough to design separates. In which case, if this was d and I'd say you'd be rolling with advantage right now on your disguise checks. Um, as you, the, as the three of you make your way in, you do see that there are security systems set up inside of here. Mm -hmm. You're pretty sure that they are uh, probably just for the business owners specifically, but mm -hmm. probably accessible if needed be. Uh, 
sitting at the far this place is quite nice it's quite clean there are ambient lights on the edges of every counter space and that is the only light in here so it ha <laughs> it has a very tron look as you all walk inside there's this ambient bluish greenish glow to everything as you move inside even the bar stools which do not have stilts but it actually hover up off the ground using repulsor um they even have this sort of ambient blue glow making it almost look like they're jellyfish just hovering in the air. And you can see a bunch of people like enjoying drinks and whatnot, dressed well. This is clearly an area of town where people come with people who have credits or latinum or any kind of currency. This is where the high-end people come. Sitting at the very back of the bar in a booth is a single Zendi. Because this is afternoon, there's not a lot of people uh, in the bar at the moment, maybe seven. And most of them are at the bar having conversations and watching a game of Parisi Squares on a holovid that's just projected above uh, the space. You see the Zendi with a drink in front of him just tapping the glass and a big grin on his face as the three of you enter. Is he looking right at us? Mm-hmm. Great. Jane's going to match the grin. And he's alone from the looks of it. Okay. Um, do you want to handle talking or shall I? Let's play this one fast and loose. I follow your lead. There we go. Um, all right. So Jane is going to rather firmly stride up to uh, Mr. Vipnit here. Mm -hmm. um, what is he drinking? What does he look like he's drinking? The, the substance in front of him it looks... It, it, by outward appearances, looks quite weak. It almost looks like a glass of water that has a little bit of green food coloring just kind of snaking down from the surface. Like a little splash of something that's just kind of winding down to the bottom. Otherwise, it just looks completely clear. Okay. It doesn't smell like water, though. Even <laughs> you can smell it from here. It's some kind of alcohol. I believe we have an appointment. Do you usually do, do business over a drink? I enjoy doing business over a drink. I think it's important to take pride in what you do, to enjoy the process of what you do. Don't you agree? I would say that I find pride through ways other than alcoholism. Ah, well, that would make sense for a follower of the true way. Yeah. Well, shall we get down to it? Or do you prefer... This is rather public, don't you think? Not as public as you think. All right, then. Please, have a seat. Uh, I pull out her chair. Oh, damn. Okay. That's great. Uh, Jane's going to call that one back later. Um, people are starting to look over here. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some people who are lingering, lingering stares, some suspicious figures at the bar that are that are lingering too long as they watch all of you. It takes you a hot moment. They are looking at you, Jane, specifically. Again, they're not looking at Sol at all. What they're yeah. looking at is the towering, lavender-eyed Jim Hadar in battle armor that's just standing there stoically eyeing every single one of them. She Literally one of the most dangerous adversaries in the Star Trek mythos, just kind of standing <laughs> like stock still next to the all's table. Uh, when he looks back at them, there's no immediate intimidation in Ilkat Itlan's face. He just mm -hmm. glances over at them and they immediately turn back to their drinks, not wanting to get the notice of the Jem'Hadar. They're not going to be a problem, are they? I can no, have... No, 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 no. 
They're not a problem. Well, what can I secure for you? How can I serve the true way? What? So, I think that Jane takes another look at his drink um, and says, I think we should get a drink ourselves, shouldn't we? I would like one. What do you drink? I'll take exactly what you're drinking as well. He just raises his hand and points at the table and somebody at the bar just nods and begins to create a drink. So, your experiences with the true way, you'll know that You'll, you'll have to forgive me for going through this entire face-to-face -face meeting. Uh, I'm sure you understand that we aren't a very trusting people. Yes, typical of Cardassians, not a character flaw in my opinion, something quite wise that most species should adapt into their own cultures. Well, you see, are you, would you call yourself Vipnit? Vipnit, would you call yourself a scientific person? Not at all. Then I won't bore you with the details. There is a particular item you have in your possession that I would like, not just for nostalgia. I mean, obviously we trust the weapons that we've used before, um, but there seems to be a particular side effect with Polaron weapons that we'd like to further see. So we are here in your presence to secure a torpedo launcher. Roll a presence command check as he starts to narrow his eyes a little bit at you. <laughs> but also well done, Ravity, for dealing in Technobabble and nailing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a deception focus if you need it. Fuck yeah, please. All um, right, we're down to two. Okay, great. Use it. Okay, I got a three and a five. I rolled a two and a twelve. All right. Um, so you are going to succeed by the fact that you hit uh, Saul's... Uh, critical hit twice thanks but you barely succeed he narrows his eyes at you for a moment at this point we're gonna say that outside lena you're hearing all of this as you're listening in um as somebody who has lived here all of her life you have gotten very familiar with the cadence and the danger that you can detect in people's voices people on various prime love to smile at you when they're telling you they're about to kill you that kind of thing um, you start hearing the edge of that danger in his voice. Okay. But it's not, it, it's, it's, it's not threatening. It's more like he, you think for a split second, maybe he is catching on to what Jane is doing. That, that Jane is not who she says she is. But as Jane kind of holds her ground, he says, all right. And when he says that, there's this kind of like, it's it's almost that moment where you're not sure if he, she cut the right wire on the bomb. And he just says, so you are looking for torpedo launchers? One specifically, but if you have multiple, I'm sure that we can discuss that. Ordnance is something I deal in. I don't typically deal in that which fires the ordnance. Small arms, I can negotiate that. 
though something tells me your Dominion friend here would indicate that you already have access to small arm polar on fire. And from what I understand, both you, the Legate, and he pauses for a second. Both you and the Legate have always been interested in Polaron weapons. Yeah. Yes. Specifically warheads, if I'm not mistaken. You said you weren't a scientific person, and I said I wouldn't bore you with the details. A weapons dealer am I, yes. Warheads, if that's the new science, then I am a scientist. There is reason to believe that these weapons will assist the Dominion in returning us to an advantageous position with the way that they affect the subspace around us. Go back to the way it was supposed to be. You see he narrows his eyes for a second and he says, he leans back and he says, did she send you or did the legate send you? Uh, let me, can, can Jane try to do a read on this man to see which is the right answer? Uh, <laughs> um, I think at this point, uh, Saul catches that and, and, uh, this is the, they're here to, yeah. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, here yeah. to catch. Go. Go. This, forgive me, Yorglin, is not the purview of your interest. What the Glen here requires does not require further information or motivation from you. Merely whether you have access to the warheads, access to the launchers that can launch them stably without deterioration from the additional polar on radiation. That's not within my purview. I don't have that technology. Warheads you want, I can get. Setting up the meeting routes, the trades, this whatnot, I can do. But it's not my business. Whatever it is that you have planned with these warheads is not my concern. My concern is making sure that I have free access through space for when my particular trade starts up. Then certainly you have access to a, a network. Others. Referrals. Yes? Leads. Referrals. We require both the warheads and the launchers. If you cannot provide the launchers, this is of no matter, but if you have the network. I do not have launchers that you speak of, and I do not know why you ask of them. I have in my possession the warheads that you've been seeking, that you've been using, and my stock is nearly up. Up? Up. Yes. You have purchased nearly my entire stock now. Well then, it seems only right to buy the rest of you out. He Fine. stares at the two of you for a moment. We will take the rest of the warheads and then take any referrals you may have on where to buy launchers as well. Or Are you going back on the deal? What deal? 
When you say that, he says, this meeting is over. Oh. And he stands up. When he um, stands no, up, he's going to the Jim Hadar. When he stands up, the Jim Hadar immediately oh. steps in front of him and he freezes okay. and he says, Step aside, Jim Hadar, or I will have this whole bar open fire and tear you all apart. Ilkat Itlan says, Victory is life. I want to send a message. Okay, what are you going to send? What are you going to send? I want to uh, hastily send an override to the internal panels in the bar. Um, okay. I want it to say, uh, in Cardassian, uh, in well done, thank you, <laughs> our discussion may resume. I wanted to flash on the, 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 you have passed the test, essentially. Oh my God. Okay, so make the roll. <laughs> on you every just, wall. Bleep, 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 bleep. All right, so immediately, like, linking yourselves into the, you know, the computer outlet walls, the holographic projections, even the Parisi Squares tournament that's being blasted on the, on the screen. Uh, go ahead and make a roll. This is not exactly like a secured facility, so I'm setting the difficulty for this at two. So make your reason engineering check and hacking applies. Uh, just two, just exactly two. Okay, you nailed it. You. Okay, <laughs> in a moment, you see Itlan, like you're <laughs> threatening a Jim Hadar with death is like talking to a stone. Like yeah. he clearly has no effect on Ilkat Itlan. Uh, there's nothing he wants more than to die in the service of the founders. And to challenge his supremacy right now, Ilkat Itlan's about to break this person in half and die in the process. And for a split second, Sol, you think it's all come down. When suddenly, <laughs> the whole bar lights up and messages start running off the sides of the walls and all over the holographic projections. Every digital surface, every holographic surface that is being projected in here reads, well done, you've passed the test in Cardassian. <laughs> it just starts flashing. It's enough that even Ilkat Itlan stops and takes a glance around as everyone's kind of looking. It's like somebody in Vegas suddenly hit the jackpot and every, it's enough to distract everybody to find out what's going on. But you see the Zindi seems to understand what the writing says and goes, what? <laughs> and he's confused, he looks at the walls. You all see what's written there. Mm-hmm. Well, congrats. <laughs> um, now, if you will take a seat, we can resume our negotiations. Or he our stares at you completely dumbfounded, and Ilkat Itlan stares at him and just goes... Jane just, just gestures back to the seat. Um... When, when he hears the Jim Hadar just say, just kidding, um, he stares in bewilderment at the first. And you see Ilkat Itlan turns and looks directly at you with no subtlety, Saul, with that look in his, his eyes, was that good? Kind of like he kind of glances over at you. Yes, this one is not like the other false. Syndicate trader we encountered. This one is clearly 
worthy of the precepts. There have been concerns. Ilkat Itlan turns back and says, Ha ha, you get to live. We are all friends now. Sit down. Zindi slowly gets back into his seat and says, I have three warheads left, and they're yours if you buy them and just leave. All right. We'll call that a deal. Very good. My ending price will be the same as the last purchase price. Well, I expect to see a thorough record of this transaction. Again, Very well. the Cardassians haven't made it this far without by being trusting people. And I would hate for you to misrepresent us. Well, I should go then and prepare that. And he rises again and says, you are an interesting organization as he walks out of the bar. Okay. Um, when he does exit the bar, he immediately enters into your view, Nina. And you see immediately where he's headed. You're able to immediately get a lock onto where he's going and track him following the cameras that you have hacked in this in this vicinity. Um, you are all waiting for Lena's word, basically. Because the if I remember correctly, the plan was to find out where he was going so you could follow him to the thing. Correct. Yes. Okay. Lena's trailing him and there's just a very Sol just looks to one of the cameras and doesn't even say it aloud, just mouths at a girl. Okay, Lena, so we're gonna do this the easy way. What you need is to find out where he's going. Once you find out where he's going, this city is kind of your plaything. Once you find out where he is located, where his hideout is, you can actually pinpoint that on the grid and hack his database directly and grab the goods. You might be done with this by the time they get out of the bar. So as he makes his way around the corner, he does slide into one of those hover cars and you are having to constantly navigate switching between observation cams and drones to keep up hacking your way through kind of like, it's, it's like running and blinking at the same time to keep track of where he is. Let's make two rolls here. The first roll is going to be the same hacking roll you've been rolling all along. So you need a 15 or better and fives and less are uh, criticals. And the difficulty of this is going to be two. Take a momentum. Would love to take a momentum. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is, oof. That is exactly two. I got two 16s on that wow. one. Okay. And a one three. Um, okay. You all emerge from the bar. It's very quiet out, but you can see that uh, clouds have rolled in and it starts to drizzle a little bit by the time you all get outside. But up on the roof, you can see uh, the at least the location where you know Lena is up there somewhere hidden. You're not sure where she is. Um, 
So whatever y'all are looking in her direction. Okay. Uh, Lena, he is, you see his hover vehicle stops about seven blocks away and he emerges from the vehicle. As he does, you see he's greeted by a bunch of Orions, about four of them, as they approach him, as he gets out of the vehicle in front of a small building and he consults with them and they all go into the same building together. You have the location. Okay, so here is, um, here's what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna make one more hacking roll. Um, you can succeed at cost for this. This is to gain access to his systems and all of the files that you're looking for. Now that you have the place on the grid that you need to get into, you can pinpoint where he is. If you fail, you're going to get the info, but he's going to know you were there. And he's going to know it's going to blow everything. And you will all have to react accordingly. All right. No Difficulty pressure. is four. <laughs> Take a momentum, please. I, I um, found him. I, I think I found him. I should I should I get the messages? Do it. If you can, do it. Yes. Okay. You can. Okay. You got this. You're your mother's daughter. And I will spring into action. I need four. Four successes. And so they're going to have you spend momentum to get, get, uh, mm -hmm. how much momentum do you guys have to spend? Final. Final. Okay. The rest May I roll a moral assist off that? For that boost. Hmm. I'll let the dice decide. If I roll even yes, odd no. No, but I'm always odd. <laughs> I rolled a 16. Hey, yes. all right. Hey. So yes, you may assist. Difficulty four, make your check. This guy scares the crap out of me. What? I got two. Successes. We okay. don't have any. Soul, did you crit? Please say you crit. Um, natural one. Ah! Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, they can. It's just on the one die. You got a one. Four successes. Oh my god! <laughs> Take Believe that, Eric in. Campbell. Huh. Huh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to be 19 for like a hundred years and then it tipped and i was like wow <gasps> that is amazing amazing the role of the freaking season <laughs> okay um finally they're on our side it's Lena, it's when you see the upload happening on your data set it, it takes you a moment to realize you did it like you found, you found his, you found the back door into the data. You see a couple of files. He's only got three. Some of them are pretty large. You see a whole message subset, blueprints, uh, meeting spots. That's the big one. The big one looks like coordinates that are in the alpha quadrant for meetings. You download them all. It takes about 30 seconds. Just like that, he doesn't even know it. He's been hacked. You managed to pinpoint his hideout, grab the data remotely without even having to break in. And just like that, your console has it. I think 
I think we got it. So, in the old days, it would have taken a team of maybe six operatives of Starfleet Intelligence. People staking out the building, people trying to find the location of the building, maybe like some uh, some pretty shady things that Starfleet Intelligence has had to, do to uncover the information, probably somebody in deep cover, probably somebody trying to sneak in the back, like an extraction point, the whole bit. This young woman on the top of that, that mousy voice that you come off, I think I got it. She's basically pulled off what a team of elite Starfleet operatives would have probably spent months prepping to do. And the, the lot of you just pulled it off in the time span of 24 hours here. Over the comms, you just hear tech go, meet at the coordinates for the immediate beam out. I've got the situation ready. You leaving? Well, kid, you heard him. Let's go. So we're gonna cut to that alley that you were all standing in. Uh, everyone reunites here. Gathering up, Taraz, Slabaz, everybody uh, walks forward. Taraz says, so you got the info? Oh, yes. We have the best. All right. Thank you. Do we have you to thank? He kind of motions to you, Lena. I'm, I kind of instinctively just looking up at Sol and Jane, like, maybe? Definitely. Uh, you see, Taraz, he, he doesn't step forward menacingly. He just takes a, a single step forward while he's looking down. And you see his expression change a little bit as he scratches out his forehead and he just says, The Syndicate is a cancer on this galaxy. And the first people that it enslaved was ours. And up until today, it looked like it might actually happen again. I'm telling you this, kid, because wherever you go next, whatever happens to you, I just want you to know that you had a hand in making sure that millions of people potentially had a future. I don't know what you plan on doing next, but if it's not running off with these goody two shoes, we could certainly use some of your skill level where I work. Absolutely not. You're not getting her that easily. Find your I had to own. try. That kind of skill set had to try. Mm. I know an engineer when I see one. Me? Have we met? And Taraz looks at you. <laughs> I may have looked differently. No, I have no idea who the hell you are. That's fine. I'm undercover anyway. Um, <laughs> who's got the white? I do. And I'm okay. going to head to uh, our Jimidar friend. Okay, he looks at it as you hand it to him. He just sees the one and he says... This is the first time anyone, not the Vorta, has given me the white. I'm sorry that it's not more, but I can help you regulate it. 
three cc's every time you start to feel the side effects he shakes his head it should be enough to it should be enough to last you till you get home you you see him for a moment with reverence he holds the white up and he looks at it and he touches it to his forehead and you hear him whisper i pledge my loyalty to the founders from now until death no ceremony needed uh, i know the vorta usually say something here but um um peace be with you or something he looks at you with disdain <laughs> i tried and then <laughs> plugs in the white and just goes uh just three c's okay three cc's all of it for your sake and the sake of our new <laughs> friends Raz says our business here is concluded you need that ship to get home and i've already got my sweet girl waiting for me so let's make a deal so being a person of your word after you get your ass kicked out of starfleet and then reject me again then you hand over the ship sound good uh absolutely i look forward to the day you realize you should have taken the favor yeah i look forward to watching your trial on those comms i'm gonna kick back with a drink in my hand and say i know that fool don't you dare kick back with a drink in your hand because once the syndicate is properly raised to the ground we're gonna need you to make ferris prime less of an absolute shit so people like poor lena here don't have to go through it like we did that'll be up to the empress I don't know how comfortable I am waiting back into the Alpha Beta Quadrants, if I could be honest with you. Not that I have anything to be worried about. I conduct legitimate business on my end of the galaxy, and honestly, I prefer to keep it that way. But I don't think she's a problem for now, Sol, but just keep your eye on that one. She's got, well, let me put it this way. I've never met a person or even heard of a person in the history of this galaxy who called themselves an emperor or an empress and wasn't an asshole. There, the royalist gets it. Get um, out of here Solak, and don't yeah, let me ever Solak run into you. you off. Yeah, and says, we need to go now. <laughs> Murdered people, time to leave. Oh, and as oh, he yeah. says that, <laughs> as he says that, I'm going to say, I'm very glad you are not happy to see me. But this was a pleasure doing business. Always happy to see doctor. Yes, but not, not happy to see me. And I point to the gun, strapped to his back. Tell hologram lady Slibaz says hello. She'll extend her best to the lizard god. Now let's beam out, and I am going to debrief the both of you. Hmm. Um, as all beaming out, you see standing in front of you though is this young woman who's looking at you kind of questioningly. Well, you gotta be nearby. Come here. What's out there? Everything. Let's go to space. And I activate the beam. <laughs> the last thing, all, your whole world, Lena, 
has been this crime-ridden planet. And ever since your mother never came back, you've been living like a rat with a periscope, just trying to get by and not get noticed. There was no future for you yesterday or the day before or the day after until one day it beamed down to the planet. And in some small way, it's like your mom was looking out for you one last time as the message that was meant for her carries you off of this world and into the galaxy. That is where we are going to stop tonight's game session. But who's going to feed her fish? <laughs> <laughs> no, the fish is like, ah. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. She doesn't have fish. <laughs> the criminal empire of the goldfish begins here. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's gonna wrap our game session for tonight, y'all. Uh, Thank you, Amy, for coming to space with us and do many big hacks. Amy, it's so good to have you here. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Our feels relentlessly. Yeah. Just yeah. Like a second. Can Thank we you. keep her? Can we keep her on the ship, <laughs> I mean, please? We just did. It sounds to me, it sounds to me like a captain is probably going to be submitting a recommendation to Starfleet Academy if mm -hmm. I yeah. have to know any better. Uh, like. Yeah, I think I think someone needs to go into intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much. Thanks, that Amy. Was... It was great to fly with you again. Yeah. Um, everybody, Ox Crew, as always, thank you so much. This was a very special episode for us here. We hope you enjoyed it as well. We will catch you next Monday where we find out what's happening on board the USS Ross during this whole incident. Uh... And we will have guest spots filled then too so stay tuned to find out who's going to be joining the stream punks as the uss ross continues her final missions until then my friends hailing frequencies are closed <laughs>